What's up and welcome back to Bar Down Talking Hockey episode number 102 presented by the Barroom Network. My name is Vinny Parisi and I am a first round winner of the White Sox Dave region in the 108 tournament. And this right here, this is Frankie Mueller and he's super excited that tomorrow is March Madness Day number one. He's rocking the Maryland hat. Francis, that's not your real name. How you doing? Rocking the Maryland hat. Rocking my Cincinnati t-shirt. We're all collaged out, preparing for the big dance. Where does tomorrow – I'm putting you on the spot because I have strong feelings about this next question I'm about to ask you. Where do you stand on tomorrow? Like, where does it rank? I'll, I'll expand it. Where does this, this event rank on your Mount – or not even Mount Rushmore, on your rankings of sports events? Um, I would have it probably in the top three. Top three. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty cool. I agree. I agree with you completely. Uh, I top three. I don't know. It might be four. I don't know. It's like the Super Bowl for me is number one. Football is my third favorite sport, but it, you know, one and through three are pretty neck and neck. It's like one A, one B, one C. But the Super Bowl is my favorite day of the year. I honestly mm-hmm. believe that it is my favorite event of the year in sports. Uh, number two would be obviously the Stanley Cup final. The Stanley Cup round one, though, is like probably because I think March Madness is the same way where round one is just as fun as the championship. Because in hockey, round one, you start at six, you go till midnight, playoff hockey for six hours. It's unbelievable. You know, as the rounds go on, there's less games, less, Mm -hmm. you know, but the games get better in a lot of, in terms of college basketball. But man, I'm just so excited. Haven't done any of the three brackets I'm going to do yet. Haven't even decided who I think is going to be a champion in any of them. I'm thinking about making Alabama a champion in at least one of them so that I can yell Roll Tide for the entire duration of the tournament and sing, um, what's the song, Dixieland Delight. What do you think of that? They got a good chance. I mean, they're a very good team. I like the way they played this year. They're very competitive. Um, They're going to give a lot of teams problems. Uh, Yeah, it's not a bad pick. Not by any means. I mean. My bracket's done. You only did one? Yeah. Okay. If you would like to do more, I have another opportunity for you like you did last year. I remember you joined a, a friend of mine's. If you would like to, I, I have I'm that opportunity. Down. I'm always down, so we could talk after the show. If you Hell want yeah. I, I like plugging that, though. So, if, you know, if anyone – if you're a viewer and you want to join my bracket, you know how to find me. My DMs are open on Twitter, at Vinny Parisi. You see it right there. Uh, Frank. There has been some big news across the entire sports landscape, but we're going to start off with some hawk in period number one. Welcome to period one of Bar Down Talking Hockey presented by the Barroom Network. I'm Vinny Parisi here with Frank Mueller. Frank, some bad news. Mm -hmm. Tough news. Hurtful news. One of the best players in the NHL, in my opinion, at least one of the best like sniping wingers in the NHL, in my opinion. Former number two overall draft pick, uh, Andre Sveshnikov, is out for the year with a torn ACL. I think Sveshnikov is a great player. I drafted him in the second round of both of my fantasy teams. He is 
donezo for the year and the postseason. He got two opinions to confirm his torn ACL. What do you think? He needs reconstructive surgery, and that hurts the Hurricanes in a big way, especially if they want to win the Cup. I mean, right now they're only two points ahead of the Devils for the lead of the Metropolitan Division, and now that even that's in jeopardy right now, and he's second on the team in points. They already lost Max Pacioretty due to injury. Now Svechnikov's down with an injury, and this is a team that's not very top-heavy when it comes to production. I mean, he's only one of four players who has more than 50 points on the team. Then it drops to 33 with Kota Kinemi. I said it yesterday. I'm like, I got to get it. Yeah, I know. Who went third overall in that draft that Svechnikov went second overall? And he's their next best player after the big dip after 50 points. He's only got 33 points. So now with this injury and with Max Pacioretty being out, you're going to need other guys like Tavo Teravainen or Brady Skagey to um, step up and produce a little bit more while these guys are um, out with an injury. And if they don't, then the Devils are going to end up winning the division. But here the whole time I thought, you know, the Hurricanes, they might run away with it. Um, They looked pretty good. I like the way they're playing. And now they're getting a bunch of injuries. And that really opens up the door for the New Jersey Devils. It really does. And the Devils, they took a tough loss yesterday. The Tampa Bay Lightning, they played like absolute dog crap. It was their worst game of the season by far. But I do think it is something. They're still only two points out of first place. Um, it's going to be a dogfight between these two teams for the rest of the season because I do think that even though Svechnikov is out for the year, Carolina's a very, very good team. They're not, a, you know, they're not second in the league or second in the, you know, Eastern Conference because of Svechnikov. It's because they have a great team. And could they, could the scoring slow down a little bit more than it already has for them? Yes, it absolutely could. But do I think they went around in the playoffs as a result still? Yeah, probably. But does it decrease their chances of winning the Stanley cup? Yeah, it really might. I mean, it's tough to lose a score like that. And he is certainly going to be missed in the Carolina lineup. Skokes says dudes finally listening in no class today. What's up Skokes. Um, good to have you. Um, we were just talking about some Svechnikov being out for the year. And, Frank, a potential matchup for the uh, Carolina Hurricanes in the first round of the postseason is the Pittsburgh Penguins. Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, and Christopher Letang ha- have had that team on fire. The other day they won a game in overtime against the New York Rangers, a slap shot power play goal by Mr. Latang, assisted by uh, Crosby and Malkin, which was really, really cool to see those three combined for the game winner. Tough loss to Montreal last night, but they've been on a heater lately. What's going on with Pittsburgh in the mind of Frank? They've been hot 7-3 and three in their last 10, 7-2-1 overall in those last 10 games, but you take a brutal defeat. 6-4 to four to the Montreal Canadiens when you put up four goals, but your goaltending just couldn't hold down the fort, and you lose 6-4, to and that's a tough one. And even Mike Sullivan came out and said, you know, we missed an opportunity, and they did. I mean, right now they're only five points into a playoffs holding on to that first wild card spot. You don't want to fall to the second wild card spot and have to play the Bruins. And right now they're only two points ahead of the Islanders for that second wild card spot. So I think right now losing to a team like the Montreal Canadiens is just devastating. I mean, I'd also have to say – there's a probably, they probably, I would say, got like an 80% chance 
maybe even higher that they would have to play either the Bruins or the Carolina Hurricanes in the first round, unless the Devils um, take over that number one spot. But then that's also if the De- um, that's also if the Penguins don't get passed by the Islanders. So I'd say there's probably like a 70% chance or an 80% chance that they would have to play one of those two teams in the first round. And if you had your choice, you're probably going to want to go up against the Carolina Hurricanes and losing to the Montreal Canadiens is not the way to go about that. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, it's definitely tough. Um, but I still think Pittsburgh. I know I said Carolina could win in the first round, but if there was a wild card team to upset someone in the first round, depending on the matchup, of course, I know it's you can't just say, oh, I think the Penguins are going to pull off a first round upset. Not if they play the Bruins. Right. But like if they played Carolina or if they played the Devils, I, I think the Devils are better than both. To really, I do. But, you know, in the playoffs, a team like Pittsburgh, Crosby, Malkin, Latang, those guys have won three cups. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's not like Jake Gensel's a loser in the playoffs either. And they got other players who have, you know, performed well. They got Mikhail Granlund. Um, there was another big trade they made. You know, Zucker has made deep postseason runs. These guys have been there, done that. If they could get the goaltending from Jari, I think the Pittsburgh Penguins are an underdog going into the playoffs that could, putting an emphasis on could, surprise people. Last year they had a 3-1 series lead to the Rangers and let them come all the way back when they were on their 15th goalie in the first round. So I don't know. I, I like the Penguins. I think their ceiling is an upset postseason win. And I think their floor is making the playoffs as an eight seed. Well, yeah, I mean, I their ceiling to me is a seventh seed, and their floor, I guess, would be a ninth seed and not making the playoffs. Because I mean, there's that chance that they miss the playoffs. Um, they can't jump into a third spot in their division and overtake the Rangers. They're eight points behind. It's just not that likely, especially with that loss yesterday. It's just it's not practical. Um, I mean, while anything is possible. I think their ceiling is wild card number one and their floor is just missing by a point or two. But, you know, I mean, anything could happen. They've been on fire lately. And like you said, a team of that magnitude with the players they have on their roster could definitely make waves or an upset in the postseason, no doubt. Even if it was the Bruins and they somehow magic beat them. I mean, I wouldn't be stunned. I mean, it's the Penguins. So you don't give them a 0% chance in the first round? No, not at all. Oh, because you said their ceiling was a seven seed in the – but you mean a regular season ceiling? Yeah, like the regular season uh, ceiling is making it as a seven seed in the wild card one spot, and their ceiling for the regular season would be bottoming out at a ninth, uh, ninth seed and not making the playoffs. I don't think they're going to like drastically drop below that, and I think it's near – it's getting near to impossible to become a six seed or better. Um, yeah, I completely agree. Um, and you touched on the Pittsburgh Penguins loss to the Montreal Canadiens. If you go over and look at the NHL standings right now, the Montreal Canadiens are a bottom six team. They're one of the worst teams in the NHL. And I want to know, based on the results of last night's game, Montreal won, Vancouver won, Anaheim won. San Jose and Columbus played each other, went to overtime, so they each got a point, and the Blue Jackets won in overtime on Johnny Goudreau's 
goal, his fifth point of the night. And the Chicago Blackhawks pulled off one of the biggest upsets of the NHL season by beating those big, bad Boston Bruins at home. Frank, does anyone want freaking Bedard? Like, like who the hell? Who the hell wants Bedard? Uh, Arizona, they won too. All these teams are so dumb. What's wrong with them? Everybody wants Bedard, but I don't think. I mean, first of all, you just as much as we want all these teams to lose at this point in the season and have a better chance at Bedard, their mindset uh, is not going to be like that. They want to lose. Like the players aren't going to go out there. The players are still trying to earn a contract, earn their pay and still perform well. So even for years down the line, teams want them. They want to be wanted by other teams. They want to be wanted by their current team. So the mindset in the locker room is that boys go out there and shit the bed. Um, It's just, that's just not how it is. And unfortunately there's going to be days where, you know, just like yesterday where there's a lot of upsets and it was a weird day for sure. Yesterday. I thought it was comedy and very poetic in a way that the Columbus Blue Jackets went to overtime against the Sharks in a high-scoring game. And both teams that actually are lower than the Hawks, the only two teams that are lower than the Hawks in the standing, each got a point, and the team that was two below them got two points. So it was a very weird uh, day yesterday. But I think at the end of the day, and I know we talked about this last week, one win or a couple wins is not going to ruin your chances in the Bedard sweepstakes. So... I think every team realizes that and it just made it made for entertaining hockey. <laughs> and so Taylor Radish, he had a hat trick against the Bruins and, you know, it was a great game for him. He got to 20 goals, Yeah, that's impressive. 20 goals in the NHL is no joke. Obviously I say like a good bottom six player gets from anywhere from 10 to 15, a nice middle six forward gets 20 to 25. And then like the all-stars get 30 and then the superstars start pushing 40. And then you get the weirdos like McDavid and, you know, Matthews who and Ovechkin. Those guys get 50. You know, Ovechkin in his prime, whatever. He's been a little hurt lately. But, like, you know, the, the Tage Thompson will probably hit 50 at some point in his career. Those guys are, like, weirdos. Jack Hughes, Patrick Kane. Um, but, like, scoring 20, nice middle six forward that the Hawks might have there in Taylor Radish. Um, and guess what? Taylor Radish don't give a shit about Connor Bedard. Exactly. None of these guys care about Connor Bedard. They're playing for their jobs, their careers, yep. their money, putting food on their families' tables, paying their mortgages. They ain't worried about no Bedard. That that's for Kyle Davidson to worry about. That's not Caleb Jones's problem. That's not Alex Stalock's problem. They're, most of these guys won't even be on the Hawks in two years. Probably not even one year. You know, Lucas Reichel's coming for that ass next year. Mm-hmm. I got to play well. Otherwise, I'm going to be out of the out of the league. So, and the same goes for Columbus and uh, San Jose. We saw this last year, too. We had the exact same conversation about Shane Wright. And Shane Wright ended up going fourth overall because of events down the stretch last year uh, with the Brandon Wheat Kings and whatnot. But, like, I am still... That was a tough win for the Hawks yesterday against the Bruins, only because it was the Bruins. Like you, if you're Kyle Davidson and you see the Hawks beat the Bruins, you got to be like, "Are you freaking kidding me, man? We're gonna lose out on Bedard because we couldn't lose to maybe the best team ever." Like it, it, it's very, very funny. But hey, I agree with you. It could go anyway. You know, shout out to San Jose though. They 
they keep losing. And I know they picked up a point yesterday, but they traded Timo Meyer, and, you know, they they have fallen lately. Eric Carlson's probably going to win the Norris Trophy, or he'll, he'll be nominated at a bare minimum because, you know, leading in points isn't everything. As we saw last year, they gave it to Makar over Yossi. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, he'll be in the conversation. Outside of that, though, that Sharks team stinks, and they're like, if they got Bedard. And he got to play over there in Northern California. That certainly would be a, a sight to be seen. We've seen elite players play for the Sharks in the years. Um, number one and number two picks like Marlowe and Thornton. So we'll see what happens. But I just thought it was really funny. Um, speaking of extremely high draft picks, Leon Dreisaitl became mm. the second player in the NHL to reach 100 points. What is your thoughts on probably, in my opinion, the most underrated player in the NHL. I actually think Leon Draisaitl is the best passer in the NHL. I strongly believe that the way he's able to put it on other players' sticks, and that's why he has 56 assists this season because he's a goal scorer and he's potentially one of the best passers in the NHL. And crazy enough to think about, he's only been off the point sheet in 11 games this year, which it might sound like a lot. That's not like, a lot. Like 11 games, like you think, like, wow, 11's a lot, but it's not a lot. No, and not at all. the fact that he's only been off the score sheet for 11 games is just truly remarkable. Hits the 100th point plateau for the fourth time in his career, which is another like crazy thing to think about, that he's gotten 100 points four times in his career. I mean, there are players in the NHL who are great, who would love just to sniff one. Like Jack Hughes would love to get that 100-point total, which I think he's capable of doing. But, I mean, there are just guys like that who are good, but they haven't reached it yet. And here, Leon Dreisaitl sitting there with four of them. Um, and, and we know he's won the Art Ross in his career. He's won the Hart Trophy in his career. I mean, it's truly spectacular. And the fact that he plays on the same team as Connor McDavid, um, it's just they're right now they're blessed in Edmonton. It's going to be fun to see what him and uh, McDavid could do in the postseason, whoever they end up matching up against. Um, that is still very much well up in the air, but a hundred points by notching two goals to bring him to a total of 44 goals. He is right on his way to scoring 50. I do think that dry will get 50 goals. So um, unbelievable. Unbelievable. I do too. You know what I like about dry He's the most, he might be uh, – and listen, you said about him being the best passer. I, I would put him in that conversation. I would take McDavid first. And there are a couple other guys who are like pass first that I think are also in that conversation. They're not scoring as many goals as Leon. Leon might be – besides McDavid, because I do think the answer to this is McDavid too. But besides McDavid, Leon might be the most complete offensive player in the NHL. To do 50 and 50, I mean – before Jack Hughes got hurt and then he went on like a four or five game goalless streak, he's got a couple since, mm-hmm. you know, and he's back on track. But he was on pace to be a 50-50 guy. Leon is right there too. And he's got 44 goals and 56 assists for 100 points. He's two goals away from 300 in his NHL career, and he's got 624 games played. We went from talking about Leon Dreisaitl as one of the best players in the NHL right now to talking about him. He's he's on a hall of fame trajectory and I don't say that about many people. I'm kind of a hall of fame snob. If you have to think about it, they're not a hall of famer. In my opinion, Leon dry on the pace to be a hall of famer and people aren't saying it yet. 
He if he ends, he's got seven hundred and sixteen points, and he's twenty seven. He'll have a thousand by thirty. Okay, that's Crosby territory. That's Malkin territory, and he, not as good as Crosby. Probably on par with Malkin in his career. We could be talking about a top thirty player ever by the time it's all said and done, depending on how his, the rest of his career goes, what team he plays for, how how he plays with McDavid, how long he plays with McDavid. They only play together at five on or at the power play. They don't play together at even strength. So every even strength point that Leon Dreisaitl has this season has essentially nothing to do with Connor McDavid. The only way Connor McDavid helps dry sidle out at five on five is the matchups. The other teams throw in their, their, you know, Victor Hedman's against McDavid where dry might see the second pair a little more. That's the only thing that might favor dry a little bit when talking about McDavid at five on five, but Hey, I hope he reaches 50. I love seeing him be this good. People shit on him when he got the eight mil contract coming off like a 50 point year. But sometimes you just know, you know, you give contracts to these high pedigree players and they reward you with seasons like this. Shout out to Leon Dreisaitl. He is sixth in the NHL or yeah, he's sixth in the NHL in assists. He's tied with Quinn Hughes for the sixth most assists in the NHL and which shout out to Quinn Hughes. Didn't realize <laughs> that till just this second. Um Fastest player ever to 200 assists, by the way. Quinton Hughes is future devil. Um, and then he's third in goals. So, I mean, the guy's an absolute monster. Can't wait to see what's next for him. Um, speaking of monsters, Jonathan Quick was let go by the Kings the night before the trade deadline. And it was one of the stunners, I would say. It was one of the ones where if you look back and say, Frank, Vin, who got traded that was just not on your trade radar whatsoever? The answer is Jonathan Quick. And I understand why the Kings did it. It's a hard business. There's no feelings in business. And Quick was pissed off. Kopitar was pissed off. Dowdy was pissed off. But Quick goes to Columbus, says, nah, uh-uh. I'll <laughs> retire before I play for this ass team. They trade him to Vegas. And since going to the Vegas Golden Knights, your second favorite team. Breaking news, John Morant receives eight-game suspension for reckless conduct. And wow. that's on top of all the games he's already missed just by being held out from the Grizzlies. So there's some big NBA news Wow, um, that popped up on my phone while talking about Jonathan Quick, uh, two people who probably could not be uh, farther apart from each other <laughs> on the sports landscape, Jonathan Quick and John ja Morant. But Quick goes to Vegas. And looks like the old Jonathan Quick that ruined my life in 2012. My least favorite sporting event in the history of all time is the 2012 Stanley Cup Final. And Quick was a big reason why he won the Conn Smythe Trophy. I see him in my dreams and my nightmares. It's tough. What's your takeaway from him being a superstar so far again on your second favorite team, the Vegas Golden Knights? You know, sometimes players just need a change of scenery to unlock their full potential. We saw it a couple times this year. We saw it with Vladimir Tarasenko going to the Rangers, huge different than how he was on the blues and quick being on Vegas and not losing. He hasn't lost a game. He's undefeated. He's four. zero. he's given up three goals against in every game. He's let up a goal with Vegas, except there was one game where he shut out the Carolina hurricanes, but the other three games, he gave up three goals against, which isn't too bad. Obviously, Vegas has the firepower to 
outweigh those three goals and get the wins, and they have. And this makes Vegas an even more dangerous team heading into the postseason. You got a two-time Stanley Cup winning goaltender on your team getting ready for a postseason berth, and that makes that very scary, whether you're Seattle, whether you're Edmonton, whether you're anybody in the Western Conference as it is. This Vegas team, in my eyes, was already a contender this season, and having a guy who knows how to win a Stanley Cup that's not even wasn't even brought to the team to be the starter is just unbelievable. Like this is huge for the Vegas Golden Knights. And to me, they're even more dangerous than I thought. Yeah, they're extremely dangerous. Um, if quick is playing like this and they get good goaltending and they, they can make a change in the playoffs and be confident with whoever it is. Vegas is one of the serious contenders in the Western Conference. So I'm very yep. much looking forward to see what they can come up with. You touched on Jack Hughes potentially being a 100-point guy. Just under 20 games left. He needs 20 more points because he is currently sitting at 80. Do you think he hits 100 this year? What's your reaction to him already being an 80-point player at 21 years old? Very rare for that to happen, a 21-year-old being an 80-point player. Uh, I can't think of very many who have done that. McDavid, mm -hmm. Matthews, McKinnon. No, not even McKinnon. Like that, that superstar territory to be an 80-point player at 21, mm -hmm. you know, it makes you wonder, hey, what's this going to be like at 26, 27? You know, yep. could be at 100 by now if this keeps going. It's possible. Um, but do you think he touches it this season? I do not. I have him pegged in the mid-90s or right below the mid-90s, and I've had him pegged there for about halfway through the season, maybe a little before we got to the halfway point in the season. Um, I mean, he'll be a 40-goal scorer, I believe, which is huge. That's mm -hmm. a big accomplishment to score 40 goals. Um, but to get an extra 20 points, you'd have to go more than point per game. He's been a little cold lately. I mean, he was, he's been very consistent the entire year. There weren't many stretches of time where he'd be held off the goal sheet. But prior to the game where he got three points against Carolina, and then he got a point against Tampa when they played. But prior to the game where he picked up three points against Carolina, he was held off the score, street, score sheet in four of those previous six games before that, and that's tough. And in the two games he got on the score sheet, he only scored one point in each of those games. So he kind of was on a little bit of a cold streak right there. But other than that, he's been pretty heavily consistent through the entire season. However, I just I don't see him getting an extra 20 points leading up to it, but he will be a 100-point player in his career, and he should be happy to score 40 goals this year. Yes, I'm very excited for him to get to 40 goals. I agree with you. I think he'll come up just shy of 100, uh, unless, unless by the end of this week he's in the mid-80s. If he's in the mid-80s by the end of this week, I'll give him a shot. But, you know, because getting 15 points in 15 games is certainly something Jack Hughes can do. And the cold streak is officially over, I would say, because he's been, you know, he had a flame coming out of his butthole the last two <laughs> games. You know, he was one of the only players, him and Timo Meyer were the only players that played well yesterday. And I've been talking very highly of Nico Heischer, who is in the 60s now, and he'll probably get close to 80 himself by the end of the year. Uh, truly one of the leaders for the Selkie Trophy, in my opinion. But, you know, when you have that and he was the one scoring while Jack Hughes was on his little yeah. down streak, you know, and, that, that's what a good team does. And maybe, you know, now that he knows Svechnikov's out for the Hurricanes and the division may be opening up a little bit more, maybe that's on his mind. Like, hey, guys, we could do this. We could win the division and maybe it'll put a fire under his ass and he might go and score a hat trick and have a four point game. And then he's right back into the conversation. So you never know. 
Yeah, hundred percent. I agree with you, and because it did, it did for a minute look like the Devils were locked into like their playoff spot, right? It like second in the Metro, play the Rangers. That's what you're doing, regardless of how the rest of the season goes, unless you like lose every game. But now it's like this division is seriously. If they would have won yesterday, they'd be sitting in first right now, mm-hmm. and. You know, they are missing their best offensive player, Carolina. Maybe they do in that room say, hey, let's go. And I do like that the Devils won most of those games that Jack Hughes wasn't getting appointed the yeah. last week or two. Because Nico Heischer has been on fire. And we saw that with Pittsburgh. When Crosby's held off the score sheet, what does Malkin do? That will determine your team's success. Um, hey, Patrick Kane, you know, tough night. Vancouver's, the Sedin twins did a good job of shutting down Patrick Kane. Well, what did Jonathan Taze do? Well, he had a hat trick. Hawks won three to two in overtime. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, stuff like that is paramount in the NHL. And I'm happy to see these two superstars leading the way. Um, s- sticking with the Metropolitan Division, Frank, the Philadelphia Flyers fired Chuck Fletcher as their general manager. Yep. And brought in Danny Briere, who you might remember Danny Briere as a player. Oh, yeah. We watched. Uh, Play. We watched him play a lot. My favorite Danny Briere moment was when he scored in overtime against the Devils in game one of the second round in 2012. And then the Devils won four straight after that. <laughs> the last good moment that the Flyers had in that series was Briere scoring in overtime to beat the Devils in game one. And then the Devils won four straight, knocked their ass out, then knocked the Rangers out, then lost to the Kings in the final. But I digress. I make everything about the Devils. What's your takeaway with Danny Briere taking over as the Flyers GM? It's very interesting. I like that when an organization brings in a former player to help with um, just everything that needs to be done inside an organization. And in this case, it's needing help with a rebuild. And I think that Danny Briere may know what to do. I mean, it's always tough with somebody who has no experience in a leadership role this big. And he's only an interim general manager right now. But even he said, like, he doesn't mind the interim tag. Uh, he's probably going to be made the actual general manager, if in, in my opinion. But he said he doesn't mind with them going through the ups and the downs and all the process they need to do to make sure they know what exactly they need in a general manager. And if that's Danny Breer, Good for him. I mean, he knows what he's getting himself into. He stated that he knows it's a multi-year rebuild. And this is also a team that hasn't had Cam Atkinson or Sean Couturier in the lineup. And that's somebody, those are two players that they could potentially be getting back next season. And if that's the case, Breer should know how to run NHL players. He was an NHL player himself. He, he should know how to deal with players after coming back from an injury. Um, I think this is the right move. Because I got to be honest, I wouldn't know where to begin. Who, if you would have asked me before this, if Chuck Fletcher fl- uh, fired, who should they hire to be the GM of the Flyers? I wouldn't have had an answer for you. But now seeing this and knowing, like, he's been in the Flyers organization before he played in the NHL. To me, I like when teams do that. It doesn't always pan out, right? It always depends on what role they're playing. I mean, we saw Patrick Waugh as a coach. He stunk. He wasn't the greatest coach, but he was one of the greatest players in NHL history. So, I mean, 
it, it, we don't know how he's going to react in a role like this, but it's worth the shot. They got nothing to lose right now, so I'm fine with it. Yeah, absolutely. And the Flyers, they'll be in the Bedard sweepstakes. Danny Briere is going to go to the draft lottery and sit in that chair and hope that that team wins. And pray for the Metropolitan Division if the Flyers were the team or the Blue Jackets that won the draft lottery because then you would have Bedard – Hughes, Heischer, Crosby, Malkin, Ovechkin, Svechnikov. I mean, just all these super high draft picks competing in the Metro, which I don't know. It's going to be interesting, but the Flyers, they're in a tough spot. I do think the big move for them this offseason, you're going to think I'm crazy. You're, like, you're going to think I'm on glue, probably. But I think they trade Carter Hart. Wow. This that's coming for them because Carter Hart is now a veteran. He's no long he's young, but he's no longer like the young buck, like mm-hmm. unknown. We know right. what Carter Hart is. He's a great goalie. He is outstanding. Yeah. And he's their biggest trade asset. I think they can really get a good return for him and conduct this rebuild the right way. And not many teams have a player like that to trade at the beginning of a rebuild. You know, the Devils didn't. Uh teams like, you know, Anaheim really didn't because Perry moved on. He plays for st- the Stars, the Lightning before that, but he was old. They weren't going to get much for him anyway. Getzlaff retired. You know, it's not like any of these guys were trade pieces for them at the start of their rebuild. They had to luck into Zegras, or teams have to luck into draft lotteries to get superstars like Rasmus Dahlin or Hughes or, you know, wh- whoever, uh, McDavid, whatever. Um, but, yeah, I'm – Interested to see how the Flyers go from here. They're probably one of the bigger unknown teams going into this offseason, and a lot will be determined by where they land in the draft and what kind of trades they make and whatnot. But, hey, it was a pretty pretty newsy NHL week, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I mean, a lot happened, so glad we touched on it. Absolutely, and we're going to get to our favorite hockey story of the week in, in period number two. But before we do that, we are going to play a little game, Frank. I think it's time we... Have a little bit of fun on this show. Uh, ask each other some questions, and we are going to do that in period number two. Welcome to period two. Frank, I kind of came up with this idea yesterday. I like games. I like games. Um, there's a time and a place for games. It's always the place on this show. But we haven't played a game in a long time. It's hard when I don't have a third person here. Because, like, I like to conduct the game and then, you know, make two people fight. But today, me and you are just going to quiz each other on our favorite teams. And I think that's a fun little segment. Um, Obviously, there's lots of news around the NHL and there's games being played. But we kind of touched on most of that. It's kind of status quo. All the teams are pushing for the playoffs, um, jostling for position who's going to play who in the first round some of them are looking pretty locked we know the Leafs are going to play the Lightning in Toronto to start like a lot of these things are starting to become set in stone but you know you know it's not set in stone me and you going for gold so how do you want to go about this like are we going to keep points oh we're keeping points bro we're keeping points and if if you made it too easy for me, that's on you. If I made it too easy. I don't easy, know if I like chose me either. the right question. Me either. Like, and this is this is trial and error, and I'm excited about this because I, I do think this will be fun, and there are ways we can tweak it, maybe bringing guests to play along with us. Um, I, you know, I think this is fun. So, and we'll we'll play different types of games. You know, the, the summer, it'll hit us quickly, and then we won't have anything to talk about other than playing these kinds of games. So, let's do it. 
for those of you who might have not understood what we meant by that, Frank is going to quiz me on the 2022-23 New Jersey Devils. There will be seven questions that pertain to the Devils 2022-23 season, and there will be one question that pertains to the National Hockey League as a whole. On the flip side, Frankie is going to be quizzed by me about the 2022-23 Chicago Blackhawks, seven questions being about the Blackhawks, one about the NHL as a whole. Part of me thinks some of mine might be hard. Some of them might be easy. I didn't purposely go out of my way. This is the God's honest truth. I did not go out of my way to make it really, really hard so that I would win, depending, because I don't know what kind of questions you came up with. You could ask me what, you know, Nico Heischer's expected goals for was in game number 26, and I would have no fucking clue. But, you know, I wouldn't even know who they played in game number 26 unless I really thought about it, and I still might not even be able to pull info like that off the top of my head. So, you know, we'll see how this goes. I'm excited about it. Do you want to go first? I don't know. I'm, uh, it's very interesting, these questions that I chose, because all these questions, the questions I chose were um, stuff about the Devils that, like, made me go, wow, that's pretty cool. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, I I do like that. Mine is more, there are a couple statistic-based ones. There are a couple schedule ones that I think, you know, you may or may not know. And then the NHL one I asked is, I don't know if it's common knowledge. It was to me, but, you know, what's common knowledge to me isn't common knowledge to everyone. And that doesn't even, it's not even like a measure of your hockey fandom. It's just like, did you know this random statistic? Because there's plenty that I don't know. So let's get into it. You want to go first? Flip a coin. Say heads or tails. All right. I'll go tails. Are you going to ask your phone? I'll ask my phone. I'll go tails because tails always fails. And I want you to have to choose. Hey, Siri, flip a coin. It's tails. So My phone was on silent, which is proper podcasting. It's tails. All right, I'll ask you first then. Okay, that's fine. All right, Frank. You're going to keep score on the screen? Yeah. Okay. Frank, in 2022-23, mm-hmm. who leads... The Chicago Blackhawks in Time on Ice. Ooh. Who leads them in Time on Ice? I have a couple ideas in my mind. Um, man, there's just one that's sticking out to me, but I don't know. It's got to be. I, I Sometimes you just got to go with your gut because then if I don't go with my gut and I say somebody else and it's what I thought it was in the first place, I'd be so mad. So I'm going to go with Seth Jones. It was the other fucker, wasn't it? It's Seth Jones by oh, a lot. Was? By a lot. Okay, I knew he had a lot. Were I was thinking? between I was between Seth and Caleb and I was like it's got to be Seth Jones. He's There's one up. sandwiched in the middle. Huh? There's one sandwiched in the middle. But Caleb Jones is th- uh, third. Caleb Jones is third. Yeah, I knew it Seth Jones leads the Blackhawks with an average time on ice of 24 minutes and 46 seconds, which is amongst the league leaders. Um, Connor Murphy's second with 19.25. So almost a whole five minutes ahead is Caleb, uh, Seth Jones. Wow. Yeah, Frank, Holy don't God. you be looking at this chat either. 
boy. No, I, I did it. I don't, I have the check can't be up when I'm taking score. Oh, okay, good. Uh, um, no. <laughs> <laughs> Skokes, Skokes knew the answer. We believe you know the answer. Um, I will turn the chat off for myself too when it's my turn. But Frank, on to question number two. This is this. Oh, you're one... asking me all in one go. I thought we we're gonna switch off. Oh, you want to switch off? Yeah, yeah. Oh, scoreboard. Uh... Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Go ahead. All right. This this was a fun one too. I like this. All right, ready? The Devils score. They've scored a ton of goals this year. The New Jersey Devils. But what is the most amount of goals the Devils has scored in a game this year? And do you know how many times that happened? Ooh, that's a good question. I don't recall the Devils ever getting to eight. Did they score eight at any point? They certainly have never gotten to nine. They did not get to nine this year. The answer is either seven or eight. I remember they got to seven back-to-back games a week ago. They scored seven on the Philadelphia Flyers and the Colorado Avalanche in back-to-back games. Oh no! Is it eight? <laughs> is it? I wish I could double dip. Is it eight, or is it seven? Did they get to eight at any point this year? You're thinking it's pro. If it's like ten, I would remember ten. I think. Did they get to eight? Ah, oh, I don't think they did. I'm gonna go with my gut, Frank. I'm gonna go with my gut. The Devils scored seven goals. Is their max this season? The max amount of goals that the New Jersey Devils have scored this year is seven goals. Yeah! <laughs> For just, do you know how many times it was? Just as uh, like a little, a little tidbit. Uh, I'm gonna say they did it four times. They did not. They did it three times. It's three times. So the two last week. They did it against the Flyers, uh, Colorado, and Columbus on October 30th. Oh, they Long scored seven ago. on Columbus the day before Halloween. Yeah. I do remember that, Frank. I do remember that very well. That was All right, juicy. Frank. This one. That was juicy. This <laughs> one's tough. Oh, no. <laughs> and it's another statistic leader. Oh, no. <laughs> Don't do it to me. Who leads the Blackhawks in the disgusting, nasty stat of plus minus? <sighs> Oh man, I'm not, I don't know. I'm not going to know this. I'll give think. you a hint cuz I do think this is a hard question. I was asking you this question no matter what and then when I looked up the answer, I thought about deleting the question. Oh, this might be <laughs> too easy. Um well then No, not cuz it's easy. Oh. Cuz it's hard. Oh, plus minus. All right, let's see. I'll give you another hint. I, I just got to think. It's a disgusting plus minus to be leading a team with. <laughs> yeah, it's probably. The NHL's plus minus leader is Hampus Lindholm at plus 41. This player is not even close. <laughs> Who would be leading the team in plus minus? Let's see. I'm going to throw out somebody who 
I'm just gonna. It's a dumb guess. It's a dumb guess. <laughs> um. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm gonna I'm gonna just throw out a random guess. If I'm going against my gut here, I wish I could double dip because I think it's one of the two, but I could be wrong. I'm gonna say it's Jujar Kara. Jujar Kara is not the correct answer. I am sorry to say, the Blackhawks have six people that are not minus. <laughs> and three of them are zero. Luke Phillip, Lucas Reichel, and Andreas Englund are all zero. Cole Gutman and Joey Anderson are plus one. Anders Bjork is the Blackhawks' oh plus minus leader at plus two. <sighs> That's rough. That's tough. That's rough. I, I thought about deleting the question, but I was like, you know My- what? Frankie's gonna ask me some hard ass shit too. So my <laughs> double dip would have been Anglin, who's a zero. Oh yeah, so, I mean, and then every other player on the roster is minus. Oh my god, that is tough. That's tough, but I like it. I like it. This next one I have for you is a tough one. Okay, right. you ready? The season's not over, but the Devils have had their fair share of the different teams they've played this year. But how many teams? Are the Devils undefeated against this season? They haven't sniffed a loss at all against that team. They didn't lose to them in regulation. They didn't lose in, against them in an overtime or shootout. How many teams are the Devils undefeated against this season? Oh, man. That's hard. Okay, let's go through some of the teams. They, well, I, I can, if I could probably think of this if I take a minute. Take a minute. Do what you guys do. Um, they have a loss to every team in the Metropolitan Division, I believe. At least one. Okay, let's go through. Oh no, definitely not. They probably haven't beaten Col- they. They probably haven't lost to Columbus. Did they lose to Columbus? <laughs> it's a tough question. They've lost to Philly. They've lost to the Rangers. They've lost to the Islanders. They've lost to Carolina. Um, they've. Ooh, have they not lost to Pittsburgh? They might have not lost to Pittsburgh yet. Okay, so I'm going to go Pittsburgh-Columbus from that division. They haven't lost to the Hawks. They lost to Dallas. They haven't lost to Winnipeg. Oh, my God, there's a bunch. They haven't lost to any. The only Pacific teams they've lost to are (laughs) the Golden Knights and the Kraken, and they were both in overtime. So that's 12 right there. No, that's six right there. Frank, I'm going to say the Devils have been undefeated against 10 teams? The correct answer is not 10 teams. This stunned me. It's more. Wow. The correct answer is 14 teams. Wow. San Jose, Anaheim, Vancouver, Calgary, Edmonton, LA, Chicago, Arizona, Winnipeg, Colorado, Columbus, Pittsburgh, Ottawa, and Buffalo. They yep. have not been able to beat the Devils this year. 14 different teams. Because they swept a lot of those Canadian teams and they're undefeated against most of the Pacific teams. They're almost undefeated against half the league. Yeah, that's, that's unbelievable. unbelievable. Got to get a little better. I mean, you play the division so much more, so you're going to lose more to them naturally. But damn it, damn it, damn it. Okay, we both lost on a tough question there. <laughs> Frank. Who did the who was the first team 
the Chicago Blackhawks played against this season? Um, that would be the Colorado Avalanche. Ding, 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 ding. I remember that vividly. I was livid that they had a, they watched the banner be raised against the Colorado Avalanche. Yep. There I, you go. Uh, yeah. So yeah. I made I made up with the last one being on the difficult side by giving you a cupcake. This one will this one could be easy for you too, my next one. I think we kinda like we evened out the evens and the hards, I think. Um Devils play in the Metropolitan Division VP. You're well aware of that. Mm-hmm. But which two teams have they scored the most against in the Metropolitan Division? And I'll give you a hint. It's the same amount of goals for each of those teams. That's why I have both. So what are the two teams that the Devils have scored the most amount of goals against in the Metropolitan Division? Wow. That's a hard one. I'm going to go... That's a really hard one because I think there's a trick here. Like I should, like you would in, initially off the hook say Philly and Columbus, but I think Columbus is wrong. I think it's Philly and Carolina, which would shock a lot of people. But the Devils, they put a four bomb on them. They have a six bomb on them. I honestly think because they just put up four a couple days ago, they have a six burger back in January, and I think they split with them in December and probably scored some goals in those games. I'm gonna say the and they have the seven bomb on Philly, plus a couple other big wins over the Flyers. I'm going to guess it is the Carolina Hurricanes and the Philadelphia Flyers. The correct answer is the Philadelphia Flyers. And the Carolina Hurricanes. Let's go. Unbelievable. That's I know my team, bro. I know my team pretty well. Unbelievable. Ties it up at two. You thought you had me there. I did. I did. I thought you were. No way he says Carolina. No way he says Carolina. It was uh they they scored 13 goals against each of them. It's a lot of goals. But division teams, you play them more, so. Unbelievable. Good job, VP. We got a game yeah, here. We got a just game. missed one. <laughs> we got a game. I think you'll probably get this one, too. So the Blackhawks played their first game of the season against the Colorado Avalanche. A couple days later, it didn't take them as long to get their first win as everybody thought they were going to get take. Who was their first win of the season against? Let's see, they played Colorado and then lost. I remember correctly, they played after Colorado. They played somebody that was pretty difficult, and I I know they lost their second game. I'm pretty sure. Maybe I'm wrong though. Um, man, 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 man. I'm drawing a blank. VP. Who did they get there? Man. I'm leaning towards a team in the central division, but maybe it wasn't. There's one team sticking out in my head, but I don't recall them playing them that early in the season. I'm going to go that the Blackhawks got their first win of the season against 
the Nashville Predators. I'm sorry there. I'm sorry. Couldn't think. I, I, I didn't. I couldn't think of it. I apologize to inform you that the first win of the Chicago Blackhawks season came in game number three. You are correct. They played an elite opponent in the second game of the season. One night after be- losing to Colorado, they lost to Vegas one nothing. Yeah. You might remember yeah. Alex Daly yeah. cut them out. But then that following Saturday. Is it the Sharks? They defeated the San Jose Sharks. Oh. (laughs) It came to me at the last second. Oh, no. And then they went on a five-day off streak. They didn't play for five days and then beat Detroit in their home opener four to three. It came to me. That's tough. That is tough. Well, we got to move on. All right, you asked me statistics for players, so I got a couple statistical questions for VP. Who leads the New Jersey Devils in shorthanded points? Ooh. Who leads the Devils in shorthanded points? Obviously, Heischer's on the table. McLeod is on the table. I'm gonna guess. I'm gonna guess a player that hasn't played in a couple games because of some of the new additions to the team and working on his game in practice. I'm gonna guess that Yegor Sharangovich leads the New Jersey Devils in shorthanded points. The correct and the correct answer is Sharangovich. With four shorthanded points, two goals, two assists. I'm very happy. I'm ve- I was so I was sweating on that, and I was like, "You got to know how who leads them in shorthanded points." You call yourself a fan. You pulled Carolina. Last question. You have to know who leads them in shorthanded points. Wow, VP takes the lead for the first time in the game. Frank, that is so funny that your question number five has to do, no, or your, your your question number four has to do with shorthanded points. Because my fifth question has to do with shorthanded points. Two Hawks have shorthanded goals. Who are they? No way. (laughs) It's not Dickinson, I don't think. I think he has three shorthanded assists. Because I think he leads the team in shorthanded points. Um, oh my god, they both have one shorthanded oh, goal, the rest oh, of the team um, has zero. Okay, I, I'm starting to recall. Wait, is it Dickinson or am I just tweaking? I know he has three shorthanded points, where um, but we're one of those, I think it is Dickinson for sure, but wasn't it? Oh, VP, you're killing me. Man, man, man. All right. Um, I'm going to go. I don't think it's him, though, VP. I really don't. <laughs> I know he leads the team in points, I'm pretty sure. 
I'm going to go. I can't think of any other two players, though. So I'm going to go with Kurashev and Dickinson. I'm sorry to do it to you, Frank. Dickinson does lead the team in shorthanded points. I don't think he has a goal. But he does not have no. a goal. I couldn't think of anybody else, though. Juhar Kara no! and Connor Murphy both have shorthanded goals. Oh, my God. The other 28 players that have skated for the Blackhawks this season that are on the roster right now all have zero. Yeah, I, I didn't think Dickinson had a shorthanded goal, but I knew he led the team in shorthanded points. I just couldn't think of anybody else. That's rough. That's rough, VP. I'm sorry. I, <laughs> I, I tried to keep them easy and hard at the same time. That's right. That's all right. All right. Got another statistical question for you. Cool, cool. Question number five. You have a chance to really pull away. But I love the I love the intensity on your face right now. I like knowing more about the devils than everybody else. It makes me feel so good. I think you're gonna know this one. I think this should be a fairly easy one for you. Um, but who leads the New Jersey Devils in game winning goals? That's a tough question. I don't know it off the bat, off the bat. I will be taking a guess. Jack Hughes leads the team in goals, but he's got a jack trick in there. Those very rarely are I mean, that could be one game-winning goal out of the 3, but not all 3 of them. Um 37 goals, how many of them are game winners? I feel like that's tough because Tatar, Tatar has a couple OTGWGs. Zetterland had back to back, but he's not on the team anymore. I, I doubt you included him because I all mine are sans the players that were traded away. So Zetterland's not an option. Um, Tatar, uh, Heisher has a couple clutch goals there. Jasper Bratt could be the answer. I don't think you would include, I don't. Mm, Timo Meyer, I don't know how many he had with San Jose or if that counts. Um, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> You're trying to pull away. I'm trying to pull away. It's a tough one. I thought you'd know for sure. Uh, Just off the top of your head. I, I thought never, that was a common. No, I never pay attention to who got credit for the game winning goal because I normally don't care. Um, <laughs> The game-winning goal. It's got to be one of the players I named, right? Like, it's not McLeod. Bastion only has four goals. I bet somebody has more game-winning goals than he has goals. Um, it's certainly not Miles Wood. It's not Sharon Govich. Not Boquist. It's not Eric Halla. So that eliminates the bottom six. So it's someone in the top six. It is either Heisher, Hughes, Bratt, Sharon, uh, Tatar, or Mercer. Oh! Dawson Mercer, final answer. The correct answer is Nico Heeshear. Oh, I knew it. I he has eight game-winning goals out of I his 28 sh goals. should have went with my gut. That I, was tough. That was I tough. thought of Mercer last second. Otherwise, I was going to guess Heeshear. Not wow. even kidding. I was about to guess Heisher. your gut, VP. I know. I was about to guess Heisher, and then I thought of Mercer <sighs> and how he had goals in nine straight games or whatever it was, eight straight games, and That's I was like, tough. 
some of those got to be GWGs. But tough. that is tough. Frank, question number six. Come on. <laughs> Only two Blackhawks players on the roster have taken enough face-offs to qualify for the league lead in face-off winning percentage. Jonathan Taves and who? Well, I knew Taves was obviously one of them. So if you were going to ask me both, he would have been one of the two. Mm -hmm. The other person to qualify for what? Like the league no, lead. Like if, they're, if, okay. if their percentage was good enough, like they're on the list. qualify so obviously had to play a pretty good amount of games here to qualify take the face off um oh, you son of a bitch. <laughs> it's tough it's tough when you got to pick out these little details you know yep. Yep, that's what makes this game fun to me. Frankie's sitting here contemplating who on the Chicago Blackhawks. Well, they had to play a decent amount of games if they yeah. got to qualify for the... Yeah, I'm shocked Taves qualifies, to be frank with you. Or, you know what, though, Frank? It might not be games, though. It might be number of face-offs taken. I assume it's a center too, unless somebody came in at right wing or left wing and played some place. But I don't think they would that many games. Yeah, it's not uncommon to only have a couple guys qualified. Like, no, right. Um, I'm trying to look right now. The Devils only have three guys that qualify. You know, and they're a top team in the league. I'm drawing a blank. On if this player is a center. Talk yourself through it. But I know they played in a healthy portion amount of the games this year. I'll give you one hint. So, it's a terrible face-off winning percentage. <laughs> like, yeah, I still, I still think I'm going to go. I'm leaning uh, towards this answer. Um I'm just – I'm really drawing a blank. I can't think of their position at all. I know they're a forward. I I think they're a center. I'm pretty sure. Um, but I know they played in a healthy portion of the games this year. So if, if what I'm thinking is true, well, actually, now I'm thinking of somebody else. Hold on. <laughs> you're, not even, you're not even letting the crowd slightly – like into your brain on who you might be thinking of. I want to keep it a surprise. Keep it a surprise. <laughs> well, now I'm between two, and it, it's definitely one of these two, I think, for sure. Now, the question is, do I go with what I was originally thinking or the one that just came to me recently? I'm going to kick myself. Ooh! <laughs> Ooh! <laughs> all right, I got to make a decision. We don't got all day, but I'm I mean. Gonna... I'm <laughs> I want to get it so bad you have no idea. I'm going to go with my new pick. And if it's not and it's who I originally thought it was. I'm going to go 
with Tyler Johnson. Who did you originally think it was? Anthony Sia. Nope, you're wrong either way. Okay. You got neither. It's Dickinson. Okay. <laughs> it's Jason Dickinson with a stunning face-off winning percentage of 47.93%. Under 50% by a lot. I'm surprised he's taken that many face that that Unbelievable. is That is Kyle Davidson keeping him in the Bedard sweepstakes. <laughs> Having a guy like that take that many face-offs. That, that's honestly... I mean, I knew Taves was one. Yeah, Taves is amongst the league leaders at 63.29%. But, yeah. Yeah, actually, does Taves lead the NHL? If Taves doesn't lead the NHL, he's up. Yeah, he leads the NHL. Patrice Bergeron of the Boston Bruins is second, and Michael McLeod of the New Jersey Devils is third. Um, Yeah, that's that's tough, Frank. That's tough. Frank, you should be able to get this one. I Wait, mean, it's my turn. Oh, it is your turn. You're right. See, and I, th- I was thinking, I know Tyler Johnson plays on the wing, but I know he plays center too sometimes. It's just he played in a lot of games this year. I thought maybe you're trying to trick me potentially. Bad face. I'm so mad. Anyway, I think you're going to get this one pretty easy too. But I thought that about the game-winning goals and you didn't, but. I, I don't know, but I know this is something you would know probably off the top of your head. Devils are a very, very young team, one of the youngest teams in the league, but they have two players who are the youngest on the team who tie for the youngest player on the team. Who are those two players? The youngest players on the team. They're the same age. They're the two youngest players on the roster. Okay, immediately Dawson Mercer comes to mind. I'm going to try and not overthink this because it's not Brad. It's not Heesher. It's not Hughes. It's not Tatar. Tatar is probably the oldest player. It's not Hamilton. It's not Siegenthaler. It's not Graves. It's not Marino. It's not Kevin Ball. And it's not Brennan Smith. And it's not Damon Severson. You look at the rest of the forwards. It's not Wood, McLeod, Bastion. It's not Palat. Paula Boquist. It's not Sharon Govich. Goaltenders, it's not Blackwood. It's not Vanacek. It might be Schmid. So I'm going to guess with my final answer, Dawson Mercer and Akira Schmid. I'm sorry, VP. (laughs) It's not correct. You had half of it. Dawson Mercer. Do you want to think about the other one? I'm not going to give you a point, but if you no. want to think, you have to. I mean, if you say Alex Holtz, I'm going to fight you because it's he's in Utica. Holtz. He's in Utica. He's not on the roster. It's not who I was thinking of. You were close. I, I will give you. You were close. Schmid. So Dawson Mercer is um, 21 years old. Is it Hughes? Schmid's 22. So you were close. Is it Hughes? It's Hughes. Jack Hughes. And Dawson Mercer, they're, they're both 21 years old. The best player on the team is the youngest? Who's older? It's got Hughes has got to be older. I don't know Mercer. by days, but I don't know their exact. Yeah, they were drafted a year apart. Mercer must be a young 21, and Hughes is an old. Oh, Hughes' birthday is in April. He's oh. about to be 22. <laughs> no, I knew. If this game a month later, it would have been. No, Mercer. I knew. I knew Hughes' birthday because I remember the year he was drafted. He was 17 for all of it, 
and then he was 18 on draft day. Oh my god, Vin, you dummy. It's those that keep you up at night. I thought Mercer was 20. Maybe his birthday just happened. Maybe he just turned 21. No, he very well might have. He very well might have. Hey, All right, Frank. Birthday while you talk to me. My last question regarding the Blackhawks. The eighth one is NHL. For those oh, Mercer's birthday is in October. Oh, okay. <laughs> so he's older. Hughes is younger. No, because Hughes is about to turn 22. Yeah, and Mercer's going to turn 22 in October. Yeah, so Hughes will be young, or Hughes is older. Yeah, that's what I said. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Hughes is older, yeah. Duh. Who scored the first Chicago Blackhawks goal of the season? <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, man. The little details that you should know. Well, if I recall correctly, against Colorado, I'm pretty sure they scored three goals in that game, but I could be wrong. Um, who scored the first goal of the season? It was... Is it going to be another like San Jose that it's going to come to me after I say it? Okay, so let's let's go through. It wasn't Kane. It wasn't Taves. I'm pretty sure. Get rid of those guys right off the bat. Um, man. Man. <laughs> It's funny because, like, in November, you would have known the answer right off the hook. Talking about, like, six months ago. Mm -hmm. I don't remember what I had for breakfast last week. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, man. I got a couple names coming to mind. Um... But, uh, yeah, I mean, all right, uh, I'm going to go. <laughs> I don't think it's him. I think it's just burning an answer. Actually, I'm going to go. With Taylor Radish. At 13.44 of the first period, Andrew Cogliano gave the Colorado Avalanche a one nothing lead, a tip-in goal assisted by Nathan McKinnon and Devin Taves. Just about two minutes later, Chicago was awarded a power play in which Jonathan Taves would score his first goal of the season, <laughs> assisted by Philip Kurashev and Andreas Athanasiu to tie the game. Chicago would only go on to score one more goal the rest of the game. It was Max Domi, assisted by Tyler Johnson and Patrick Kane. And the Blackhawks lost this game by so a final mad. score of 5-2. to two. I'm so mad. I thought they had three goals. But anyway, unbelievable. Oh, that stings, VP. We're asking tough questions, but they like seem easy. 
they do seem easy, but ah. Can I win the game right here with? Yeah, this would clinch it. All right, VP. I mean, this is. Yeah, I. I mean, yeah, we'll see. Lay it on me. How many times have the Devils been shut out this zero? Final answer. Yep. I knew that was that. That was an easy one. <laughs> the last time they were shut out was the third to last game of last season. That's rough. That's funny. That's rough. That's funny. Well, let's ask these other questions yeah. for shits and gigs. Because, hey, you could get within a point. Frank, Edmonton leads the NHL with a historic power play percentage of 33%. Yeah. Who's second in the league? Second in the league in power play percentage. I don't know this off the top of my head. Um, I got to think of teams who scored a lot of power play goals. Second in the league in power play percentage. I'm between two. Um, I'm going to go with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Frankie's favorite team, the Toronto Maple Leafs, is correct. Let's go, VP. I was thinking of teams that score a lot of power play goals, and every time I look at the Toronto Maple Leafs, it's like power play goal, power play goal. Nylander, lots of power play goals. Matthews, lots of power play goals. Johnny T, uh, Mitch Marner's dishing all over the place. Yep, it is the Toronto Maple Leafs. You proud of me? Yes. (laughs) But I would like to get five out of eight, so let's go. Here we go. Uh, I think this is going to be a tough one. All right. I'm going to really put you. You might know it, but it might take some thinking. All right. (laughs) Who has the current... Like, not currently, but this season, which team owns the longest losing streak? Like, how many games was this team at, like, the longest losing streak? Do you, like, the t- I want the team in the game, like, you know. What, like, team in the NHL has, what team in the NHL has the longest losing streak this season? Correct. Holy... That's a good question. The Devils lost six in a row, which is a lot for a team third in the league in points. But I believe that Anaheim just ended a tenor. I think they just ended a tenor. The Capitals had a long losing streak too. Montreal, they pull out a pesky win every now and then. So does Arizona. Hawks. The Hawks lost a bunch in a row at one point. They probably got to like nine. But I don't think I don't think they're the answer. You're not gonna make my one would you make my that is something you would do. Make my one non devils question a Blackhawks question. I mean, I wanted to hear you compliment the Leafs. That's why I asked you the question that I did. Um, because you know Tampa. I pulled that out of my ass. You know Tampa Bay's doomed in the first round because of that power play. Mm. 
I just knew they scored a lot of power play goals. No, they certainly do. That's the only reason why I said it. And if they want to win the cup, they'll need that to continue in the postseason. Um, what the fuck? Who leads the NHL? Columbus? I don't. I don't think it's the gimme like who has the worst record type of question. We'll see. I'm I'm interested to see what you say, Frank. I am going to go with my gut. Because oh, I could the Sharks didn't beat a division rival at home until like two weeks ago, which is banana lands of a statistic. But I am going to go with my gut. The second you ask the question, the first team that popped into my head was the Anaheim Ducks. And they are the team that I am going to make my final answer. The long, the Ducks' longest losing streak was seven games. That's not that bad. And it started on October 15th and ended their losing streak on October 28th. It is not the Anaheim Ducks. There is a team in the NHL who went on a 10-game losing streak, and they're the only team in the NHL who's had a losing streak this that long this year, which started on November 10th, and lasted till November 26th. That team at 10 games is a team you're very well familiar with. The Philadelphia Flyers. They lost 10 in a row? (laughs) What a joke of a team, because they lost 10 in a row. They were the only NHL team to ever win 10 in a row and lose 10 in a row that one season that Giroux was like winning the Hart Trophy or like coming in third or whatever. Mm -hmm. That was, that's a stinky team. Holy shnikes. Yeah. Frank, good game. That was fun. I, I bet- liked it a lot. I bested you by one. And I think I think we can keep a segment similar to this going forward. Yeah, that was a lot of fun for sure. Yeah. I like yeah. that we had the scoreboard too. Yeah, that was fun. And Skokes only got one right in the chat that he put too. Uh, Katie guessed Lil Jizzy for the shorthanded goal question or the shorthanded points question. I thought that was for the who leads the Devils in game-winning goals, or was it for – I didn't have the chat up. I don't know. Oh, it could have been. It was for one of those two for sure. She'll know. Yeah. Guess, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Frank, moving on fun. from the game, that was fun. Good game to you, virtual handshake. I kicked your ass. Um <laughs> <laughs> What is your favorite hockey story of the weekend? If you take mine, I don't think I'm going to take yours. Where to God? I don't think I'm going to take yours, but um, I didn't really have time to look in depth on this topic, but I did get the gist of it. They were t- in talks um, about potentially reviewing high stick penalties and delay of game penalties in the NHL, which I thought was pretty interesting. But then they also talked about like, those amount of penalties happen so much throughout the year. Like you could have 750, let's say high sticking penalties in a year. And do you really want to be reviewing every single one of them? That would really slow down the game tremendously or even delay a game. Right. But I think there's ways to go around those types of reviews. Like in the NBA under a certain amount of time left in the game, you could uh, review an out of bounds call. Like, not every out-of-bounds call is under review. If the ref deems like they should take a look at it, 
then they review it. And maybe if something similar like that happened in the NHL, that's possible as well. I know you could review in the NHL, I believe, double minors when it comes to a high-sticking call. Um, and I thought you could review if it was if it came off your own player's stick, right? If it like is friendly fire, yeah. I thought you could yeah. review. But I don't think you could just review standard. Um, you can't review delay games and then can't review just standard high sticks. Um, so with that being said, I thought it was interesting that they're looking into potentially adding those types of reviews into the uh, uh, NHL. And also in those same talks that were being held, they were talking about, um, I don't know if banning or like if there'd be a penalty involved about fighting after clean hits were made. Like somebody makes a big hit that's clean, no penalties called and a fight breaks out. I think they're trying to like um, hinder that from happening as well. So there's a lot of different talks going on about potential rule changes. Um, None of those are really set to go forth now, or I wouldn't think anytime soon, but I just thought it was interesting about the different rules that they were talking about um, going forth. So that's my favorite hockey story of the week. Very cool. I hope they keep it looking to improve the rules to make this game better. I, you know, I saw something about seven minute overtimes and stuff like that uh, for three on three, I think would be really, really cool. So, you know, there's always ways to improve the game and I, I'm, I'm okay with change if it makes things better. And, you know, I watched, I watched Braden point push Tomas Tatar into Andre Vasilevsky yesterday when Ryan Graves scored and they called the goal back, even though it was so obvious in my brain that point pushed Tatar into Vasilevsky. And then the lightning scored a shorthanded goal, like, five minutes later and ended up blowing the devils out from there. You know, the entire game would have changed if they got that call right. And they didn't, it's, there are lots of ways that they can reword rules and stuff like that. So I appreciate your uh, story of the week. My favorite story of the week is a little more sentimental, something that might make people smile. Um, One of my favorite teams to watch in the NHL this season has been the Buffalo Sabres. They are right there with the Devils amongst the highest flying teams in the league. And, you know, they don't get great goaltending. They don't play great defense. I think they're a long way away from being a cup contender. But they are certainly getting close to being a playoff contender that can turn into a cup contender if they just start working on a few things. And one of the reasons for that is Mr. Owen Power. He is one of the bright young defensemen going in the NHL right now. He was the number one overall pick in the 2021 NHL draft and just has been an absolute dog during his NHL career so far. And so he was playing against the Toronto Maple Leafs a couple nights ago. And, you know, the Maple Leafs went up to nothing on them. And they came all the way back, Buffalo, and they won 4-2, to two, I believe the final score was. And after the game, after a two-point performance by Owen Power, we found out that his 93-year-old grandmother was in attendance for the game, and they had a nice little thing after the game, and it was her first time seeing him play in the NHL, and she grew up a Buffalo Sabres fan, which is, you know, really cool to see. Um, It was really, really cool to see Owen Power have a two-assist effort in, you know, this big win over the Toronto Maple Leafs, a division rival, as they try to get into the playoff race themselves. They're only three points out, so they're right there in it. And having uh, Owen Power, such a big moment in his life and his career, bringing Graham out of the game, I think is really, really big. Owen Power 
is now up to four goals and 22 assists on the season. So a really nice season for him so far as he's really breaking into the league as a rookie. He'll be in the conversation for the rookie of the year, the Calder Trophy. He's got 26 points as a pretty good defensive defenseman. I think he'll, as the offense grows a little bit, the two-way performance will start to be a little more well-noticed. So shout out to Owen Power and his grandma, 93 years old. Hope you know, everything goes well for the Sabres the rest of this season and happy to see a cool little moment like this. That's very touching. Um, I like stories like that. Um, it always seems like when they're a family or somebody in the audience, you tend to perform a little bit better. Um, so that, that's pretty cool. That's pretty interesting. Yeah, really cool. You can, you know, find the article on NHL.com of all that. Uh, the whole time I was talking, I wasn't sure if you could hear a word I said. I heard a word you said. You kind of went in and out. Your picture kind of got fuzzy, and your lips weren't matching up to what you oh, were saying. You... That's funny because it was the same thing for you on my screen. So I don't know whose fault it is. Probably. I, don't know. I think you're hearing but me think delayed. But I don't know. Not anymore. It honestly like was perfectly right when I was done um, talking. Like you came back. Did you hear this right away? Yes. Your response of yes was delayed to me saying it. Huh. Well, maybe it'll catch itself up as we move along here. I don't know what's going on. Our internet both stink. Um, Frank, that was a fun little game. Fun little favorite hockey story of the week. Some good stuff. Um, I think now's the time we start BSing and B betting in period number three. Hello, can you hear me? What's going on? Are we back? <laughs> <laughs> Are you good? I don't know. I didn't even see the graphic for period three. Did you? Are you serious? Yeah, I did. <laughs> okay, that means it went. That's that's fine. I don't need to see it again. I've heard that period changing bar down music, you know, whatever 102 <laughs> times three is. He goes, are we back? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I have no clue what's going on right now. Uh, we do call, I did call this the BS period on our sheet. Because this is just a period loaded with bullshit, Frank. It's just what it is right now, especially while we wait for your Walmart connection to stop <laughs> tweaking out. Yeah, I mean, this is going to be tough. This is going to be tough to talk over you because you're going to think I'm done. And then I might say something. I don't know. This is really weird. Hey, maybe as of right now, it looks good. And it has looked good for a couple seconds here. So we'll see if it's able to. You know, stick it out. Okay. <laughs> was was I wrong? Is it not? I think you're hearing me like on a delay for sure. Because when I'm done talking, I'm sitting here staring at you waiting to for you to respond to what I said. It's like when two people from the other side of the country start, you know, a conversation on ESPN or whatever. And they are like. You know, they wait and then they talk and then five seconds go by and then they respond. Yeah. <laughs> this is awkward. You're making it awkward, man. I mean, there's nothing we could do. You think no, I'm, I'm done totally talking kidding. and then. 
Do you yeah. think maybe if while I'm describing the Aaron Rodgers news, if one of us logs back out and back in, do you think yeah, that'll I help? Try. I could try. All right. So for those of you who don't know, there was some big news in the world of the NFL today. And Aaron Rodgers went on the Pat McAfee show and discussed his NFL career. And he talked about things from when he was first in the league, first drafted, and how the Packers drafted a quarterback that was potentially going to be his replacement in 2020, but then he won two MVPs. And then that led to them keeping him for a little while longer than he thought. And from there, they were like, nope, Aaron, we're moving on. We're going to move on to Jordan Love. And he told Pat McAfee and the entire world, 400,000 plus people watching, that his intentions were to play the 2023 season with the New York Jets. The New York Jets, who were a very interesting team last year. They had a good start, and then Zach Wilson couldn't figure it out at the end of the season. They used Mike White. They used a couple other people. And it also, you know, it became a thing where now we know Aaron Rodgers is going to play for the New York Jets in 2023. And you wonder, okay, so this Jets were this good team last year that were a quarterback away. Are they the 2021 Rams with Aaron Rodgers? Or are they the 2023 Broncos with Aaron Rodgers? That good team that added a good quarterback. Frank, what's your takeaway from this whole situation as Aaron Rodgers preps to play for the New York Jets? So, yeah, I was going to talk about him going on the Pat McAfee show. That happened, and obviously we know now he's going to the Jets. Everything I have written down was like pertaining that he wasn't officially on the Jets. So kind of throw this out the window right now. Um, it was, it's, he's a little bossy. I think he gave the Jets a list of acquisitions to acquire. Um, some of those were being Alan Lazard, but Lazard's there now. Randall Cobb, Mercedes Lewis and Odell Beckham Jr. Um, however, I don't, the Jets could be a little bit better. I do think, the Jets will be better than the Broncos were with Russell Wilson in their first year, but the Jets aren't an Aaron Rodgers away from winning the Super Bowl. If you know what I'm saying, they need more. I just I don't think this is a case of a a great Hall of Fame quarterback coming to a team and winning a Super Bowl like Brady did with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Do you get what I'm saying? I just don't think that's the case in this situation. I think the Jets need more pieces, and I think Aaron Rodgers realized that thus giving them a list of acquisitions he'd like to see on the team. I didn't want to interrupt you, but Aaron Rodgers debunked that he did that on the Pat McAfee show. According to him, that is fake news. He did not do that. And I don't know who to believe, but according to Aaron Rodgers himself, that was fake news. And he did not give a list to the Jets. Oh, I didn't watch the Pat McAfee show. So and I'm I not sure at all if Frankie. What? I said I didn't get a chance to watch the Pat What'd McAfee show today. So I, I don't know like everything that was said. I just know it was confirmed that he was going to the Jets. But um, so, yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, 
And I don't know how much of that the audience was able to hear because you were really cutting out there. So this is getting kind of... I can't tell who it is that is dealing with the issue here. Just give us one second as we figure this out. Can somebody in the chat is it say Vinny something? Because is... on my end, his thing's cutting out. I could hear him pretty clearly, but his picture's getting fuzzy, which leads me to believe that it would have to be coming from his. I don't know. Is there anybody... I want to get. I don't know who's. I want to get somebody's opinion who's in the chat who sees both of us. But anyway, Aaron Rodgers signing with the Jets. Whether he said he debunked that theory on the Pat McAfee show or not, I mean, I have no idea. Even I mean, I know he said that, but do I necessarily believe him? I don't know. Um, I do think that it is potentially something that he would say. Um, but then again, maybe not. It should be interesting to see how the Jets perform this year. Me personally, I don't think, I think they're going to be a little bit better than the Broncos were with Russell Wilson. Uh, the Broncos had a lot more problems than the Jets have. First of all, the Broncos didn't have a coach. I didn't like the way that team was coached. There was many bad decisions. I don't think Russell Wilson was put into the organization the way he should have been. Whereas when Aaron Rodgers goes to the New Jer uh, the New York Jets, um, I just think things will be a lot differently. But then again, maybe not. And we could get uh, there's something else I want to ask Vinny when he comes back in here, which he did. Um, so yeah, how's that? Fantastic. I don't know what the H happened, dude. You're fine now. You're I don't know. I don't know what you heard from me. I don't know. I heard everything, but it's like everything I said was on delay for you. That was wild. Because you I can have, hear me now. You're it's perfect, right? Yeah, see? I, I switched to hotspot though. So we'll see if this is able to hold for the rest of the show. Um, but yeah, um he, none of that, according to Aaron himself, was yeah. true. And, you know, I was like, wow, that's really interesting. I don't know who to believe. Obviously, Diana Rossini or whatever her name is, she's got her sources. But Aaron Rodgers has debunked everyone's sources. So, you know, and he texted Adam Schefter to lose his number. And, you know, nice try, bro. <laughs> I don't know. I have no idea. All I know is the Jets have an elite defense. And... You know, it was elite last year. They have great playmakers on offense. You throw Aaron Rodgers on a team like that, they are Super Bowl contenders. Now, the AFC, especially the AFC East, they're going to be playing in the same division as New England, Buffalo, and Miami, who were all good teams last year. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you got the Jacksonville Jaguars, Indianapolis Colts that are going to fight for the division this year I assume I you know the Colts were bad last year but if they get a good quarterback that's always an organization that has to be at least mentioned um the Tennessee Titans I don't know what's going to happen with them but they'll be in the mix as well I'm sure you know they might not be the one seed like they once were but they'll be in the mix and then you look out to the west obviously the AFC West with Kansas City and Denver is going to look to be better again with Sean Payton as the coach um I'm kind of down on Arizona but we'll see what happens with uh the Raiders as well and then the North, the Bengals and Ravens are going to fight for it, I'm sure. 
And, of course, the Steelers and Browns, we'll see what happens with them. They're two teams that are trying to be good as well. Literally every team in the AFC is trying to be good except for the Texans, it seems like. And, you know, maybe a couple other teams. But for the most part, the, uh, you know, I don't know. But so the, the competition's going to be tough for the Jets, but that roster, man, it's loaded. It's like what I was telling you last year about Miami and Denver. But Russell Wilson played like crap. Hackett was the worst coach who ever lived and made me look like a buffoon. Hackett's now the offensive coordinator for the Jets. But he was a division-winning get-to-the-championship-game coordinator with Green Bay. Mm-hmm. So And he has a relationship with Rodgers. Um, I don't know. I think the Jets are going to be pretty, pretty good. Buffalo has a lot of holes to fill after what's happened to them so far this offseason, and I de- think they desperately need a running back. Go out and trade for Austin Eckler. Z- Ezekiel Elliott's about to be cut by the um, Cowboys. Go sign him. You know, he's not, like, an elite player anymore, but you- they need something, the Bills. And then the Dolphins, if two is healthy, he's lost, like, three games in his career. Uh, I think New England kind of stinks, unfortunately. <laughs> but I don't know, Frank. I-, I-, I hear what you're saying. I just... It's one of those things like when I say it'll be either Denver or L.A., it's kind of like it's one of those you have to wait and see kinds of things. Mm -hmm. You have to see how he fits in their system and how they adjust things because of him. Like I'm super excited about it, though, the whole thing. Like he is no longer in the hair of Chicago Bears fans. This is a Chicago Bears network first and foremost. Um, Skylar says, I think it would have been hilarious if Rogers said LOL JK today. <laughs> yeah, that would have been really funny. I do, you know, I do question like life sometimes. And the Aaron Rodgers situation is like one of the reasons for it. Like, is time literally a flat circle? <laughs> like, they, and Aaron fails to acknowledge this. He was Jordan Love. The Packers drafted Aaron Rodgers without telling Brett Favre. And then when Brett Favre was, you know, when Aaron was ready, they said, okay, Brett, thanks for everything. We'll see you at your Hall of Fame ceremony. We'll see you at your jersey retirement. And he said, F you guys, I'm going to the Jets. (laughs) Sound familiar? If Rodgers ends up playing two years for the Jets and then one for the Vikings, I'm out on this scripted league. <laughs> Are you happy you don't have to deal with Rodgers anymore? So happy. Oh, so happy. You don't have to look at him anymore? Yeah. And the Jaguars don't play them in the regular season next year, and neither do the Bears. So no Aaron Rodgers for me other than watching him ruin the lives of other people. It'd be poetic. Bears get to the Super Bowl. Jets get to the Super Bowl. And it's going to ruin Rodgers. your life. And it's going to ruin your life next year. And Aaron Rodgers beats the Bears in the Super Bowl. Kill me now. That just would just inflate now. his ego even more. He's oh going to ruin God. your life now, Mr. Bills. Yeah. Yeah. I'm telling you. Ooh, uh, I have a bad feeling about the Bills. They might not be as good, but we'll see. I don't know. I hope I'm wrong because I like the Bills. I like Buffalo. Buffalo's one of those towns. Like, you see me rooting for the Sabres yeah. a little bit on the side this year. I like Buffalo. I like the Buffalo wing. I like the Buffalo, like, mentality. Like, hey, man, we're just here to jump through some tables that are lit on fire and, <laughs> you know, root for the Bills, root for the Sabres. If the Bills were in the Super Bowl and you got to go, would you jump through a table at the tailgate? Yeah, I'd have to. I think I would, too. You I have to. Yeah. 
Like, am I going to be hurt for a week? Yeah. It'd be fun. I've always wanted to be thrown through a table. Oh, okay. Maybe we can make that happen. Maybe me and you will go to a Bills game. Uh, I want to go to Wing Nuts really bad. That's the place. That's the number one place for wings I want to visit in Buffalo. Wing Nuts. Never heard of it. Can't wait to go there. Uh, Frank, anything else on the NFL offseason? Jalen Ramsey, gone from the the Rams. Um, To the Dolphins, that'll make the Dolphins a little bit better. Hey, David Montgomery to the Lions. I know. I know. I wrote about that last night. Unbelievable. Quick note on the Dolphins. That now and people the quarterback to a okay fine that is a top three roster in the nfl now sorry can can the quarterback position keep a top three roster from elevating yes it can we kind of saw it with the jets last year they might have a top five roster san francisco that's a top one roster and when you get to the fourth string quarterback you can't move the ball you know if Tua can stay healthy, the Dolphins could win the AFC East. I wholeheartedly believe that. They, they have two number one receivers. They have two guys who are like top ten on one team with Waddle and uh, Hill, Tyreek Hill. I mean, dude. And now they added Ramsey to their stacked defense. Tua, just don't go out there and die, and you'll be fine. <laughs> I don't know. I'm high on the Dolphins. I'm high, but that's the thing. I'm high on the Jets now, and I'm still I'm still high on the Bills because I do think at the end of the day, Josh Allen's the best quarterback in the division. But is he the smartest quarterback in the division? He's not. It's probably Aaron Rodgers. So I don't know. I don't know, Frank. What else you got? Be interesting about the NFL. Yeah, you got anything else? Uh, The Colts plan on releasing Matt Ryan, which doesn't surprise me. No, not one bit. After what I saw from him last year, I, I thought he should have hung up the boots last year. Um, and it, he's The Colts need – they got to go through a lot of changes. And maybe that starts by drafting a quarterback this year. I thought maybe the Bears would potentially trade with the Colts for the number one pick so they could draft the quarterback. But obviously it didn't go down like that. But it'll be interesting to see. The Colts are going through a massive change, a massive rebuild. Um, they need it. A lot of uh, – a lot of uh, – Fans thought that the Colts would be good a few years ago when I wasn't really high up on the Colts and the Jaguars beat the Colts as double-digit underdogs. I mean, the writing was on the wall right there. I felt like maybe that was foreshadowing things to come. But there's going to be a lot of changes for the Indianapolis Colts starting this year. They were okay with Phil Rivers, though. They, they were, were okay, but I didn't... They, they had a chance to make the playoffs. They kind of were exactly what everyone thought they were, except they blew that last game. I just think there was just too much hype around him. Maybe because he was going there. But yeah, I saw him as a playoff team. Rivers' expectations. Yeah, for sure. I saw them as a playoff team that year. And if they would have beaten the nasty Jaguars, they would have been. But they didn't. Um, Really quick, I want to share this with you. It's like the glare. Oh, I'm sorry. For those of you who are. For those of you listening to the podcast, oh, I see. Okay, I the Winnipeg it. Jets tweeted yeah. confirming Aaron Rodgers' report, and <laughs> they put him in a Winnipeg Jets jersey. So Aaron Rodgers playing for the Jets next season—that'll be exciting. Uh, who would you put Aaron Rodgers with if you put him on a line? Let's say he was a, uh, a forward. Who would you want to see Aaron Rodgers skating with on the Winnipeg Jets? <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, I don't know. Kyle Connor. <laughs> I I would for sure put him on a line with Shifley. Really, I feel like Shifley and Rogers could make some magic, and then Blake Wheeler's kind of like a big guy. I'd have him with Wheeler, I think. Yeah, Wheeler could go to the front of the net while Rogers is doing ayahuasca in the offensive zone. <laughs> um, have you been watching the World Baseball Classic at all? Uh no, because every time I like, I forget it's on with these weird times. Like I'll I'll like, oh wait, USA's playing right now. It's eleven o'clock, or this team's playing right now. It's midnight. It's like I, I haven't been able to keep track of it, but I, I know like the standings. I know USA's two and one. They're tied with two and one with the other three top teams in the division. So I, I keep an, uh, I, I keep track of it. I know Japan's the only undefeated team, and I think there's five teams that already clinched a berth to the next round. Yeah, the next round already started in Pool A and B today, uh, right? Cuba beat. Australia this morning mm-hmm. and um, I believe there's a game going on right now in that second round but um, Team USA they play tonight against um, Colombia as long as they win they'll be in because they'll be a three win team mm-hmm. in the group one thing that I highly encourage people to watch tonight is the Dominican Republic plays against Venezuela Mm. And the winner stays, loser goes. I thought Venezuela clinched. I thought they advanced. Am I thinking of the? Oh, I might be thinking of Puerto Rico. I might yeah, be getting Puerto my Latin, I might be getting my Latin countries mixed up. Venezuela yes. had the asterisk next to. Them. Yes, yes, it's Puerto Rico, and the because it's the same group. Venezuela is four and zero, and then Dominican Republic, Puerto Rico is trying to be the other team to advance with Venezuela. They play tonight. Very much looking forward what to that. What time is that They're, game? That game is at. I got you. That game's at eight, uh, six. Oh, so reasonable you know, time. Re- reasonable time. Everybody should be able to at least have it on. USA plays Colombia at nine. Uh, both on FS1. Okay. Um, Canada's losing to Mexico three to two right now, and I believe the winner of that, the winner of that will clinch. The winner of that will clinch. Uh, advancement to the next round. And then if USA wins, they'll clinch. But if they lose, it will come down to a tiebreaker between Team USA and the loser of this Canada-Mexico game. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And then um, Cuba took care of Australia today and the other two groups playing. Uh, so Australia's out. Cuba advances to the semis. And then Italy plays Japan. Italy with the upset into the second round. Um, I'm happy Italy made it. I, I was worried about them getting relegated, and they made it. So good for them. Good for them, VP. You get relegated if you come in mm-hmm. last place of your, um, what pool. do you call it, of your pool. And I want to see Great Britain not get relegated. Uh, that man, Colombia, though, are so important. Colombia is so important to world baseball, but Great Britain – they can like grow something here if they don't get relegated with their national program. Mm-hmm. And I want there to be as many successful national programs in all my favorite sports as possible. Cause I want as many kids to play these sports as possible. So we'll see what happens. Excited for Italy to take on Shohei though. They're going to get their asses beat, I think, <laughs> but I'm not betting against a team with an espresso machine in their dugout. Hey, Japan's been good for now. Japan's the best team in my opinion. Yeah, they're very good. 
uh, Canada or USA and um, Canada's pretty good. Canada's eh. they, they got killed Freddie Freeman. USA killed them twelve to one. <laughs> Mercy rule. I like the Dominican Republic, Venezuela, and uh, USA as the possible teams to upset Japan. Venezuela is very good too. I mean, we're talking superstar, superstar. Dominican Republic, super like Jimenez is like the fifth best player on the DR, and he's a forty home run hitting machine. Mm-hmm. Machado, Julio. I know you love your Julio. Mm-hmm. Does that mean you're rooting for the DR later because Julio's on them, or would you take Puerto Rico? No, I'd probably root for Dominican. I'm rooting for them because they have Aloy, and I want the White Sox to go I like as far Julio. as possible. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, if you want more on the World Baseball Classic, I will be having my friend Cuba Dugout, Phil Selig, on the show tomorrow. Crosstown Crosstalk, very much looking forward to some World Baseball Classic conversations with him. Cuba, when I first mentioned the idea to Phil about coming on the show tomorrow, he wasn't thrilled <laughs> because uh, Cuba was down 0-2. Uh-huh. They lost their first two games, and it was basically Moncada and Robert's fault. Uh-huh. And in the final two games, Moncada turned into Babe Ruth. His batting average is in the fours now. Oh my after God. being one for his first 11. And Ro- Robert has like five RBIs. Literally, the White Sox were the reason they lost the first two and the reason they're now in the semis. And what a turnaround it's been for Cuba. Now, And I was just DMing him yesterday. Now he's excited to come on. Yeah, okay, Phil. You weren't excited. Now you're excited. Let's go Cuba. You know. Wow. So. Tune in tomorrow at 2 p.m. Looking forward to it. I'll have Cubs, White Sox as well. Um, what are we watching this weekend? Well. Thank you. So uh, you know, let me get to my. You I know. still haven't watched the finale of season seven. Oh, you didn't watch it on Sunday. So that offer's still at the table now. For what day? Potentially probably tonight, which it'll be hard. Yeah, it'll be hard. Probably, but. Yeah. We'll see. Um. Yeah, I haven't watched that. I'm excited. The journey's right. We're at the end. This is it. Seven episodes left. Um, you, have one, you have one good episode left. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm going to like this season. It's fine. It's fine. People That's... hated season seven. It's like there's like a ra- – I looked up a ranking list of all the seasons ranked. Eight was at the bottom and seven was second to last. I liked seven a lot. I do too. I, I like seven, seven a, lot a lot too. Yeah. No, I don't care what other people think. I watched eight in real time and didn't love it in real time. But I can imagine watching it back and be like, okay, this was cool. Like, you know, I'm not going to get into it. We'll talk about that part when you're done. But hell yeah, I'm excited to hear your reaction to this final episode of season seven. And obviously, a majority of the attention is going to be on March Madness. Oh, yeah. Let the madness begin. Let the madness begin tomorrow, 11 o'clock. Something like that or all day. I'm pretty I sure it's one. I forget the for here. I could look up the first games right now. I thought it was West Virginia. No, West Virginia doesn't play till Friday. Or no, Thursday. Thursday. No, Friday. That's Sorry, tomorrow. Friday. Friday. What? I said that's tomorrow. What? Thursday. No, Friday. I meant. Oh, no, they play tomorrow. I don't know, VP. You're right. It's West Virginia and Maryland. Yeah, you have no freaking clue, bro. 
I don't know what's going yeah, on. Yeah, the these. first game tomorrow, West Virginia versus Maryland. VPs, two perfectly good working eyeballs. And what a juicer. Always trust them. Mwah, what a juicer. A nine and an eight seed. A nine and an eight to start. That is a juicer. There's no doubt. What's the game you're looking forward to most tomorrow? I have a clear number one most excited for tomorrow. Because, like, yeah, the most exciting teams are always the one seed, but they blow out the 16 seed. The 16 seed is, like, one in 130 all time. Like, yeah, it's it's fun to watch the one seeds later. Probably Illinois-Arkansas. Yep, me too. Me too. Illinois versus Arkansas. That is going to be a Auburn-Iowa will probably be pretty good. Auburn versus Iowa is going to be fun too. I'm rooting for Iowa probably. No, I don't know. I might root for Auburn. I like the SEC I like more. I, I think I'm going to – I might just pick all the SEC teams and say F the Big Ten except Illinois. I won't – I like the SEC more, but I'll root for Illinois over Arkansas. I like my bracket. I, I kind of like it. I didn't like it yesterday when I was making it, and then I kind of like – festered on it, fermented, marinated on it, and then it's like, it's not bad, I guess. Can I can I get one uh, opinion from you? Sure. You don't have to tell me. I'm not. Okay. But you you can also trust. Like first of all, who from our league is watching? I mean, I don't know. I could trust I you, but I don't know who's watching. <laughs> well, you can trust that even if we have the same answer, it's not because I'm like, oh, gotta copy Frankie. Like no, as right. if I don't have a sports brain of my own. That I'd rather trust. I was right about what the first game was. You think I'm listening to you? You know way more than me. You know way more than me. But that also doesn't matter in March Madness selections. Except except the top three seeds. Like, my guess is one through three seed. All nine of those. Or how many would that be? Four. All 12 of those teams advance. I would bet them a lot of money on it. It happens. Fourteen seats have advanced. Fourteen but. seats have so a fifteen, and we'll never forget the ultimate really bracket buster. Was it? So was it? Wait, don't say who I, it was. Was it? No, it wasn't Arizona. Was it West Virginia? Who no. lost? I'm trying to think of who lost. I know who oh, it was Virginia. Yeah, it was normal Virginia. Yeah. I was livid. Virginia. I had them winning that year. Yeah, yeah. And I, my March, I look forward to March Madness every year. And I was done on day one, and I was heartbroken. <laughs> That's tough. Absolutely heartbroken. That's tough. Are you happy to not have to deal with Sister Jean this year and her voodoo wizardry and bullshit? Um, no. I'm sad. Why? You don't like Sister Jean? Uh, Sister Jean and Loyola. Aww. Have ruined my bracket <laughs> every single time they're in it. I picked them to lose every single year because I'm like, how could this school that is half a God school, half a medical school, be this good at basketball every single year? And That's I right. finally realized. And then she threw out the first pitch at Wrigley Field. <gasps> Sister Jean. Mm. <laughs> Why is there only – Three of the four one seeds are playing tomorrow. Usually it's two and two. That's weird. Oh, yeah, I don't know. That is interesting, though. Yeah, Kansas at one. Alabama. Oh, they're going to mm. be playing. I don't like – I mean, they probably don't care about that, Frank. The one seeds are irrelevant on day one of the – They always tournament. split it up. Two one seeds on – the first round's two days. So the round one starts tomorrow, and then it'll end on Friday. Yeah, so they usually have two one seeds the first day, two one seeds the second day. Because then you go to Friday, 
We got a boatload of 14s playing threes because there's nobody left. To, we got 15s and twos, 14s, threes, 12, five, another 13 and four. I think what are with all, I think every 13 and four or 14 and three seed play. Or yeah. no, and, and 13 to four. Wait, what's going on here? We're on, we're on like a 10 year streak of a 12 seed upsetting a five. Did you pick one this year? I did. Is it Marquette to lose? Or no, that's 15 versus two. Uh, I have a friend that's a big Marquette fan, a the Windy City writer. I uh, think Marquette's a little overrated. They might be, but I'm not going to pick them to lose to a 15. No, I didn't either, but I think they're a little overrated. Did you pick Iowa State Cyclones to lose to Pitt? No. Uh, I don't know, actually. It's an 11 seed to beat a 6 seed, so you no, might have probably not. I, no, I don't think I did because Pittsburgh, I think, won yesterday. They were a play-in team. Oh, yeah, when yeah, I, yeah, they did. When they I did were. the bracket, it was Pitt slash somebody Yeah, else. yeah, yeah, so you're never going to. Um, Did you pick Drake to beat Miami? Is that the 12? It's a 12. -er. I'm, I'm leaning That's that. That's what way. I did. I, I did Drake to beat Miami. I'm leaning Drake to beat Miami. Drake is always one of those teams uh, like freaking Liberty when they're in. Liberty, yep. Liberty, Liberty. I freaking hate that school, too. You know who else I hate? Ohio State, which they're not in this, are they? Do you hate Liberty? No, I hate when Liberty fucks up my bracket. It's the school G went to. Well, G school fucked up my bracket multiple <laughs> times. Sorry about it. <laughs> you like Furman? Furman Munson? Nah, they're going to get killed. By uh, Virginia? Yeah, they're going to get killed by Virginia. Well... I'll never put trust in Virginia ever again, though. You think Colgate beats Texas? Listen, dude, I'm not picking a toothpaste school to beat freaking an ACC squad or a Big 12 squad, excuse me. Not going to happen. Not going to happen. I you, think know, my you know who I hate, though? Another team I hate because I didn't even know of their uh, – you know how I'm like – I hang out with a lot of sports friends. Mm -hmm. But, like, when you don't know of someone's existence for too long, like, it can make you look like a fool. Mm -hmm. I had never heard of the Louisiana Raging Cajuns one time. And we're out. We're at Georgia Tech. Me, Jeremy, Nick. We're at Georgia Tech in Atlanta. Mm -hmm. And I had never heard of this team, the Raging Cajuns. And I, I can't I, believe you've never heard I of them. I felt and I mean, this was 2018 or 2019. So it's not like I just learned about them yesterday. But. Holy crap, did I feel dumb. Raging Cajuns. So I hope Tennessee smokes them. Because I also decided on that day, because I was so brutally made fun of, that I hate the Raging Cajuns forever. I also, Colgate's logo looks a little too much like the Cubs for me. That's a Cubs logo. <laughs> Get them out of here, Texas. Did you see what uh, Katie said? She said, Oral Roberts over Duke. Oral Roberts over Duke. Oral Roberts was the 15 seed who upset Ohio State. Now the two seed knocked my mom out in the first. I'm week. wondering if did you get like a tip? <laughs> did someone someone might have heard a tip, or like I don't know, maybe someone hates Duke too. I used to hate Duke, but I actually kind of like him now. What are you saying for Katie? Yeah, I don't like. Who, or she's I, just saying I, that. I want to know. I want to know the lo no. I want to know the logic of that because that's she possible. Better make a it's bracket. possible. Oh, she is. It's possible that Oral Roberts beats Duke. I, it's absolutely possible. It's possible, but I mean, Duke is just one of those schools that has pedigree. I mean, 
Yeah. Because, like, back when Purdue stunk, they were that team that was, like, a name brand in college basketball. It would be like if Alabama had a really down year in football. But they somehow managed to get six wins. They Let's say they go six and six. You would pick Alabama in a bowl game, even though they were only six and six. Um, she says, I'm not giving all my secrets. Just know you heard it here first. I might. Uh, Foster says, still hate Duke and Coach K. Well, didn't Coach K? Co- Coach K? He's gone, yeah. He gone. So you, you could kind of like them again. I don't know. Maybe you, Maybe you just hate coach k because of duke or maybe you hate duke because of coach k you my friend have the shirt though don't you yeah his funeral <laughs> if duke wins you better wear that next show okay i want you in that shirt if duke wins okay and i would say come on uh crosstown tomorrow wearing it but the duke game isn't till night but if you want i mean i'm i'm the looking... invitation to crosstown is always open if you want to watch march madness while talking uh, World Baseball Classic with me. Tomorrow's a big content day. I'm very excited for tomorrow. Tomorrow's going to be a great day. I'm looking at my bracket right now. I It's okay. There's always, like, I always have the urge, like, do I um, do I change something? You can't change, bro. First there's instinct. Only, first instinct. There's one case of I change. We'll see. I'll We'll see. There's one instance. Skyler has Duke knocking out Purdue. What do you think about that? Because Katie thinks Skyler's bracket's busted tomorrow. We got I a little think, bit of friendly fire here. I think, I mean, he thinks Duke's going to knock out Purdue. I mean. When would Duke play Purdue? That would be in the final four, or no. no that would be in the Elite 16. Eight? Sweet oh, the Sweet 16. 16. Oh. Uh, I'm so bad at math, bro. I don't think so. I don't see Duke knocking out Purdue. I think. Duke's got a very good team, but they're not Coach K Duke. But they're still Duke. They're still a good team. Are um, you willing? Purdue's, Purdue's got one of the best players in the country on their team. I know you're going to make another bracket later tonight when I sell, send you our friends link. But um, are you willing to say who you think is going to win the whole thing? Because you'll probably pick a different champion in that bracket, right? Or will you not? No, I always do the same bracket. You That's always how- do the same bracket? That's how confident I I won it twice in one year because of that. I won that is, I mean, it could either be really smart or it could be really dumb. Uh Like if you pick the team you you think has the third best chance in one of your brackets and they do win, then you look like a G. But if you have that one, because everybody has that one team that they think is going to win it all. Who do you, I mean, this is our, can this be our prediction show or does the bracket make you not want to say it? I'm not going to copy you. I have in my head, I have in my head who I think is going to win. And I'm going to find out who you think is going to win in approximately I 13 hours. No, I trust you. Hours. But Again, who, knows, who knows who's watching, you know? It's just, do you want me to? If you really want me to. Who who would be watching that copies you, though? Oh, I don't know. That's in your league. Who cares if people copy you, you know, that aren't in your league? I'm not copying you. I think that. This team is going to be overlooked by a lot of people, but they shouldn't be. I have a feeling we're going to say the same freaking team. Is yours a two seed? No. Oh, you think it's a one seed? Mm-hmm. I have a. T- I'm back and forth between a two seed and a one seed here. It's interesting. Yeah, there's a two seed I really like. Like I really like. There's a two seed I really like. Do they share the same name as a team in the NHL? Uh huh. Yeah, I'm telling you, dude. I th- 
like they're they're good, bro. I was stunned when they were a two seed and not a one seed. I yeah. was pissed because um, it like makes you think like, what do they know that I don't? And it's funny because that's uh, deciding if I'm choosing them or my other team. I don't know which way to go. Say them both. You want me to tell you who I? I mean, imitate imitation is the greatest form of flattery. So I don't care if people follow me. Actually, I kind of like it when people trust my eyeballs more than other people's eyeballs. All right, I'll tell you. Will you tell me who you're thinking? Mm-hmm. All right. Now, I don't know where the regions – I haven't looked at the bracket, like, stacked up against each other yet. I'm going to really sit down and do it tonight. Um, So I don't know if they can play in the final, but I'm going to tell you the two teams I really like. Okay. My um, final the, – the team I have winning it all right now is Houston. I think not a lot of people are going to choose Houston, I think. They were the one seed. I think the overall one seed, I'm pretty sure. But I don't think um, anybody's going to really choose them. Maybe a couple. But um, I think they're a little underrated, even though they're a one seed. And then I have them playing Arizona in the championship. Okay. Wow. That's Which a is a championship. Two seed. But yeah. I do think Arizona has what it takes. I don't know. I don't know, VP. I might change. I might change my pick. Yeah. I mean, who's that two seed you like, though? Arizona. Oh. They share a team. Is that what you thought? Like the Arizona Coyotes? No, that's not oh. what I meant. Oh. <laughs> I'm talking like they have a nickname the same. Oh. Well, I, I, I really like UCLA. Oh. I really like the Bruins in this tournament. Did you know uh, a few days ago, the Pac-12 championship was between UCLA and Arizona? It was one yeah. of the greatest games. It was unbelievable. Mm-hmm. And UCLA lost, right? Yeah. Yeah. It was unbelievable. Revenge. I did hear about that. Uh, dude, I don't know. I might, I might put UCLA pretty far, and I might pick them to win one of the three. Should be interesting, VP. And I think I'm going to pick Alabama to win one of the three. That's not bad. Alabama's got I'm a very torn. good team. I know, and I'm torn between two others. I'm torn between two others for the third winner because I'm going to make three brackets. Mm-hmm. I like Purdue. I got some upsets in here. People are down on Purdue sometimes, and like Purdue's got a very good team with Sack Eady. Man, that kid's a mon- He's a Sasquatch. He's like. He's like seven one. Is he going to be drafted this year? I don't know when he's eligible. Because who's going to be the number one pick? I don't know, but Zach Eady will play in the NBA, and like you just get the ball to him, and then there's nothing you can do. I'm going to look that up really quick. Who's projected to be the? I think I read the projections, and it's nobody I knew. I was like, who? The... I watch college basketball all the time, and I'm like, who the hell is this pick? I've never heard of this dude. Yeah, I'm going to actually go to Tankathon. Tankathon's the best for this stuff. They got a nice little mock draft. Oh, yeah, I did know this. Uh, I don't know how to say his name, though. He's an international player. I was going to say, I've never heard of him. We're not going to see him in the NCAA tournament. The best player we're going to see in the NCAA tournament is Brandon Miller, Alabama, according to Tankathon. Mm -hmm. And then Nick Smith Jr. is supposed to be the second best player. Um, 
in college basketball. That's in the draft. Not you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. Um, you don't know who stays. Uh, Jarris Walker from Houston is up there. Um, <laughs> Grady Dick from Kansas. Yeah, he's pretty good. <laughs> it's a fun I, name. I like him a lot. He's a cool dude. Yeah, I mean, I don't. If think your last, if your time. last name, if your last name, oh, he's gonna be a top ten pick. That's. I think he's a freshman, isn't he? You can only need to be a freshman to be drafted. He's gonna play one year, and that, that's it. There's uh, the NBA leads sports in one and dones. Um, that's unbelievable. Fo- football used to be two years. Now it's three. Uh, actually. Tankathon.com has Grady. Listen to this, Frank. This this will make your Grady dick. Um, the oh, I have it. I have it backwards. The Bulls don't have their number one pick. It belongs to the Magic from the uh, what's it called trade? The Vucevic trade. Grady <laughs> Dick is projected to get drafted by the Magic with the eighth overall pick that is currently owned by the Bulls. That's funny. <laughs> He'll be a top ten pick, bro. I like him a lot. I Hell like yeah. the way he plays. I enjoy watching him. Yeah. That the fact be- that out of all the college players, though, Alabama has the guy projected to go the highest. It's yeah. That matters. It it probably does. Victor Wembenyama is the number one overall pick. Yeah, I've never and heard it, of him. It looks pretty consensus too. The odds. Wait are- a minute, Frank. Did you see this guy's height? How tall is it? Oh my god! I literally can't even imagine being that tall. He's seven five. Oh my god! He's almost a foot taller than Chara. He's like almost six. <laughs> He's four inches taller than Zach Eady. Seven five. That's too damn tall, bro. You just give that it is to too damn tall. You don't even need a foot rest. Your shit's just sitting on the ground no matter what. You don't need no footrest. Man, I'm sitting here like short as shit looking up at 90% of the people I meet. And then there's freaking, I mean, I know I'm preaching to the choir here. (laughs) (laughs) He's just chilling. Frank, if me and you stood on top of each other, would we be as, we'd be taller than him, but barely. He's Barely. Oh, Who yeah. Who does he play for? He plays in the international. He plays oh, for. His team name is the Metropolitans. I've actually, I think I've heard of them. <laughs> it's in the French League. Metropolitans yeah. 92. Uh-huh, I've heard of them. Yeah. He's 19. He's 19. Dude. His birthday is January 4th, 2004. There was an article from USA Today that he could palm a basketball with two fingers. <laughs> I can't wait. You know what? <laughs> Who's projected to have the first pick? Probably like the Rockets. Detroit. Oh. Oh, we could take a trip to Detroit. They play at the Little Caesars Arena. We could go yeah. back to back. We could do a doubleheader weekend. Find a weekend where the Wings and the Pistons play. Or is the NBA draft this year? Oh, I could not tell I actually I could tell you I have a unlimited information at the palm of my hands here um NBA draft in 2023 is at the Barclays oh ah little Brooklyn little Brooklyn action 
This is the most basketball I've talked. Good. Consecutively, probably ever. We got to get you into the b-ball. Foster wants to know Illinois versus Arkansas. Who you got? I don't know. I'd have to double check. Foster, I think I'm gonna let my, I think I'm gonna let my local bias take over there. I'm an SEC guy. Do I have my SEC hat near me? I don't. I think it's in the other room. I'm an SEC guy. I love the SEC, but I really have a soft spot for Illinois schools too. So I'll go Illinois. Over you remember Sarabella, who played for Illinois? Yep. Mm-hmm. You know he's not on the team. Really? He's on St. John's. I don't even think they're in the tournament. That's wild. I don't know why he'd want to transfer there, but. When Illinois had Io and um, what's the other guy's name? There was the other one. Stevenson? No. Who? On uh, Illinois? Illinois. Io. Stevenson. Oh, the big guy. He had uh, a funny name. Yeah. He had a, he had a funny name, like a name you could make fun of easily. Uh, cock something. Kobe Cockburn or whatever. Kobe Kobe. Kobe. Kobe Coburn. Cockburn. But it's spelled Cockburn. Cockburn. Yeah. Kobe. Yeah. There was those two. And freaking Sister Jean beat them. And I wanted to punch every person. I watched the highlight of that game. Oh, my God. Um, of the, the They beat Miami, I think. Who? It was in the first round they beat Miami. Oh, yeah. Loyola. The, the year they made it to the Final Four. Yeah. As an 11 seed. Yeah, I remember that. They had a little more respect the following year when they lost to Il- or when they beat Illinois. Mm-hmm. You remember where we were? We watched that game together. By Tony. Yep, the Easter egg hunt. Yeah. And everyone else was participating in the festivities, and me and you were <laughs> watching freaking Sister Jean play against Io and Coburn. That was so annoying. Oh, my God. This is why we like March Madness, though. Mm-hmm. It can make you so happy. And it could make you so mad. Uh, Frank, would you like to respond to Mr. Noto? Because um, that's a Noto from me, dog. Mr. Noto don't know that that's true. we talk about a little bit of everything here. doesn't have to be about hockey. We Our show's play. divided into three periods. Period one, period two, and period three. And period one and two, it is almost a guarantee to be a straight hockey talk for two hours. Yep. And then in the third period, we have a period that we call the fun period or the bullshit period, whatever the age you want to call it. And we talk about whatever we want. A pressing topic in the world of entertainment this weekend is the March Madness tournament. That's why we're talking about Which it. Sometimes right. hockey gets talked about in period three every once in a while. Hey, if yeah. you want hockey talk, I got a hockey pick when we do a uh, breaking bet. So there you go. It's there even you more go. Hockey pick. Uh, Frank, are you going to make a couple March Madness picks in breaking bets, though? Not this week. Not this week. Okay. Uh, actually, if you count the first four or the the playing games tonight. Tonight? Oh, okay. Okay. That's right. You do normally stick to the games on that evening. I don't know if he lost me this time or if it's Frankie. That was me this time. That I, was you? Okay. I think, yeah. I yeah. think so. Yeah, because don't mess with my hot spot. Um, if you count, it's not doesn't count in the actual bracket, but it's still March Madness. Yes, it is absolutely March Madness. So then, yes, I do have a March Madness pick. There you go. And we will do that. In America's favorite podcast segment of the week, Breaking Bets.
my money, bitch! Where's my money? Did you see the graphic that time? No. Yeah, you did. No, I I didn't. Yes, you did. What graphic? The graphic of Breaking Bats. I did not notice a difference. I was taking a sip of my drink. You just thought we were just sitting here and the graphic wasn't playing. Oh! Oh! Did I know what was going on? Yes. Yeah. Unlike period three? That's what I'm saying. I thought you were asking if I noticed a change to it. Ah. Like, did you see the graphic? No. Did you see it this time? Yes. Yes. And I... Jammed I was going to say, you're lying. Music a little bit. Yeah, no. I'm not lying. Um, so I got three picks for you. We're going to start off with March Madness pick because the dance has begun. Let the madness begin. We got a couple playing games tonight. We got Fairleigh Dickinson, or Fair Dick, as it says on the ESPN app, versus Texas Southern. Now, I like Texas Southern money line here at minus 148. They're playing. This game is to see who gets blown out in the first round. The winner of this game will have to play a one seed. And actually, if you give me a second, um, the winner of this game will get blown out to Purdue. So whoever wins this game has got to play Purdue in the first round. But nonetheless, you still want to get there. It's an accomplishment for the, the school. So I like Texas Southern here. They're, they got a 14-20 and 20 record, and they have the potential to make the bracket. But don't let the 14-20 and 20 record scare you. Texas Southern has a very good defense and has experience in this spot before. They made it to the play-in uh, tournament last year. Um, so I'm going to go with the team with a little more experience, and uh, I'm going to go with Texas Southern here. Uh, money line at minus 148. Switching gears to the NHL, the Colorado Avalanche are playing the Toronto Maple Leafs. And while I don't like to back the Toronto Maple Leafs at home, I do like them in this spot. Uh Money line at minus 141 at home. They lost their last home game versus the Buffalo Sabres. I don't see them losing two in a row at home. I think they're going to bounce back on their home ice. They only have seven losses in regulation at home, 11 total if you include overtime in a shootout. Not to mention that Lekkanen is injured for the Colorado Avalanche with a broken finger. He will be out four to six weeks. And that is a man on their roster who is having a career year for him. Um, he actually helped them beat Montreal 8-4 to by pocketing two goals. So he, that's going to be a tough loss for them. And uh, the Maple Leafs coming off a prior loss at home, I just I don't see them losing two in a row. I like them in the spot at home. Toronto Maple Leafs money line at minus 141. Finally, switching gears again to the NBA, the Los Angeles Lakers are playing the Houston Rockets. I don't know if I'm falling into a trap here, but I love the 16-52 and 52 Houston Rockets at home against the Lakers. I like get, taking the points at plus 3.5. I just realized that I don't have my graphic up, um, which I went 2-1 and one last week, so we, we boosted the percentage up a little bit more. We're at 57.8%. But as I was saying, I like the Rockets in this matchup. The Lakers will be on the road. They won't have Anthony Davis. They won't have LeBron James. And... The Rockets have a bulk of their wins, only 10 of their 16, but still a bulk of their wins have come at home. The first matchup that was taking place between these two teams in Los Angeles, the Rockets only lost by eight, and that was because LeBron played and dropped 48 points on them. Without LeBron, without Anthony Davis on the road, I think the Houston Rockets can keep it close and potentially even win. Houston Rockets plus three and a half at minus 112. 
There you go. That's breaking bets. Frankie's going to win you all some money if you back him, I think, this week. I'm not telling people to fade you this week, Frank. I like your picks. Hey, if they faded me the past couple weeks, then they've lost more than they've won. So that's up to them. That's up to them. That's up to them, Mr. Noto. Um, (laughs) What a fun show. It was a fun show. We rolled through the NHL news rather quickly in the first period. Normally, the first period is anywhere from 45 to an hour. And we were done with it after 35 minutes. And I was like, okay. It all ends up. Yeah, it's just it's so weird how it all works out. Um, but that's a great show. Played our little game if you have, weren't able to catch it. Uh, I beat Frankie in a Devils versus Blackhawks quiz. Um, you know, not to brag. Uh, Frankie and I touched on the Aaron Rodgers news that is sweeping the nation right now. Yeah. Um, there were a hundred and something people reading the Aaron Rodgers post that I wrote today about him That's and great. saying that. So make sure you catch the rest of the work at the windycity.com, all the other sites I write. I just follow me on Twitter at Vinny Parisi and you'll find them all. Um, good stuff. Oh, I did write about it from a Jacksonville Jaguars point of view too, because he is now another great quarterback competing in the AFC. So, you know, bunch of hockey news, Jonathan Quick, Leon Dreisaitl, Jack Hughes, Svechnikov being out for the year, all sorts of good stuff. I hope everybody enjoyed it as much as I did. Frank, before we get out of here, is there anything else you would like to say? Just everybody fill out your March Madness brackets. If you plan on getting in VPs, um, if, you know, you're in the family, you're planning to make your bracket, you got less than – you got about, let's see – 19 hours before it begins. Um, Got to get on the ball. I look forward to it, and I can't wait to talk about what we've seen from the bracket next show because at that time, we would already have concluded the first round and the second round, so we'd be on to the Sweet 16. I can't wait, and I'm sure we'll have much more to talk about it on that show. Absolutely, and I hope Team USA gets a big win tonight over Columbia and is advanced to the – World Baseball Classic quarterfinals. By the time I reach getting on air tomorrow for Crosstown Crosstalk, you could tune in at 2 p.m. and hear me recap all of that and get you set for what is going to be a very good finish to the World Baseball Classic as we get set for the 2023 MLB season that will quickly follow after that. And the Cubs and the White Sox are still going strong in spring training. They're Both of them are somewhat near the top of the Cactus League standings, which is pretty cool. And, you know, we'll be ready for opening day, y'all. And we got the hockey playoffs coming up. It's coming quick. Every team has about 17 games left. Uh, Before you know it, we'll be getting ready to suit up for the postseason if you're me, the draft lottery if you're Frankie, or somewhere in between if you're someone else. So I hope everybody enjoyed today's show. That's our show. I hope you enjoyed. Make sure you're following at the King Bean on Twitter. I am at Vinny Parisi on Twitter. And as always, thank you for listening. Roll Tide.